Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of my XL podcast. Before we launch into this one, I want to tell you about some gigs coming up. On Saturday the 25th of February 2023, there's 1994 OK Edinburgh. Ultrasonic, Suburban Delay, Bass Generator, Trevor Riley, MC Cyclone, GT Sampler, Andy C from the Rhythmic State, DJ10, Malcolm X and MC Madman are all playing at that event. Then the following week on Saturday the 4th of March we've got 1994 This Is The Future with Ultrasonic, Die Witness, MC Cyclone, Mark Smith, George Bowie, Joe Deacon, Malcolm X, Lee Clark and MC Voyager. Again, celebrating 10 years of amazing 1994 events. So thanks for that. You can get the tickets for that on my link tree. We've got him back, finally. And he's playing at 1994 on the 4th of March in Glasgow. And here he is, and this is his journey. Excel Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the XL Podcast. This man I've been hunting down for years to give me some time to sit down and tell us about his journey. Please welcome... Mark Smith, Mark, oi, where oi. are you? Where I'm here. <laughs> I'm in my house in Leicester. <laughs> and uh, it's what? What? What's this? Is February the whatever the eighth? Of, is it the eighth? Eighth, eighth. So that that's the. I think that's the four year anniversary of me trying to get you to get some time. To, <laughs> to I do apologise, man, but it's, it's trying to fit stuff in. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I do appreciate it because I know you're a busy man. So we'll jump right in, and where I go with this always is to start is just going right back to the start to when you were first aware of music or when it was kind of first, you know, catching your attention when when you're a wee guy. I guess um, it's like anybody listening to music, listening to tapes, listening to radio, buy singles. Um, that's when I sort of get interested in it. It was a few years later when um, I hooked up with a couple of my mates with Penalty and we did, we discovered hip hop. And after that, we just just immersed in hip hop culture, just everything about it, you know, the music, the fashion, the DJs, everything, man. And that's when I kind of, DJing at that point still wasn't a thing, but I still appreciated what what the hip-hop people were doing, you know. Um, and that was about 1981. So I was 11 when I started getting into breakdancing. And that's when it really, like, music became, like, a big, massive part of my life, you know. Brilliant. Scary to think you say 11, fucking hell. I know, it's mad, <laughs> isn't it? But back then, would you say that was the first kind of music that spoke to you or was there music in the house or whatever before that, before hip-hop? You know, no, would it be, like, I top of the pops, I, taping it on a tape oh, yeah, and all that? Yeah, I did all that stuff, but I think... When I heard hip hop, it was just, it was another level. Do you know what I mean? It was a totally different dimension altogether. You know, it was just like, wow, this is just amazing, you know? And we were like crazy mad breakdancers. That's how we get into it. It was me, my mate Brian, my mate Archie. Um, We were called the Cosmic Crew and we were pretty badass. And then there was, for the same scheme, there was a crew of older boys, um, like Hammy, McHugh, and guys. They were like late teens, early 20s. And then they they were the Electric Boogie Crew. And then, Generally, because we were better than name, they came up with the idea we should all join together and we formed Glasgow City Breakers. And we did, we did like exceptionally well. That was again, that was a huge passion. We traveled the world, we broke against the amazing crews, we ran a big jam at um kind of it was Woodside Halls or Party but Halls, like we ran a big jam, like DJ and stuff, and it's just just immense, man. You know, that's what that's, that's what hooked me. 
I never knew you were in like a crew and like touring with the the crew and stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah, we did loads like that. We did loads and there's also you'll probably you know Big Aldi. That's how we that's how we met them, the Laser City crew. We became Aye. really friendly with them as well, you know. But yeah, that was that was my whole life. We just eat, sleep and breathe hip hop, you know, break dance, lying on the street at the bus stop. Um I can remember we the, um, the Plaza Ballroom used to do the dancing on a Sunday for all the like the disco dancers and all that and we were like, we're gonna go up there. And then we found out there was a fee. So we all went up to the barras, bust in the barras with Neil Ino, made enough money to get in, went back down to the plaza and then just started fucking throwing down on the floor, man. Brilliant. And that's that's sort of when the plaza became that, that brought up as he they saw the the kind of the popularity of that and they did their own kind of hip hop night in the ballroom. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's when all the crews kinda all converts to the, the Plaza Ballroom. I don't even know if the Plaza Ballroom's still there, is it? No, it gets knocked down. It's flats now, Mark. Of course it is. Everything's fucking flats now, isn't it? Fucking All day, I, Laser City Crew, he was like a, a local legend in the Ayrshire scene. And he... He's still a legend. He is a legend, right? <laughs> and he, he was... I think he posted a video for like some of the battles in the in the plaza in the bo- yeah and the you, you'd probably be there right? I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll never went to one you know I went to one and my auntie took me that's how scared I was it's a big gay isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yes. fair play for admitting it <laughs> Aye, but she was in it she was in it she again it was like roller skating and all that kind of stuff and then yeah because they did that as well I the break dancing kind of thing so for, the, for your music for collecting hip hop where was you getting was you buying music or was you just like swapping tapes at this point at that point swapping tapes early on do you know what I mean because it was still it was still very as much as it was very well established in American stuff like it was still a new thing in the UK you know especially in Glasgow uh-huh. do you know what I mean so it was all just swapping tapes and stuff and just as I say, I wasn't DJing wasn't like what I was interested in it was just dancing that was my focus was always on dancing you know um and the DJing came later for um, Broken Glass. It was a big, another big breaking crew from Manchester. They came up. That's another thing I was going to ask you. Third Eye Centre on Sucky Hall Street. Is that still there? On the corner? I don't know if it's oh. on, no, I don't think it was on the corner. That was a kind of arts, an arts um, unit. You know, they did various arty things. And, right. they, and Broken Glass came up um, and they did like an exhibition. So obviously us being us, like, we're fucking good up there. Um, and it was really good, you know, like they were all breaking and showing you moves and stuff like that. And then at one point in the night, they also brought the DJ Patrick with him. I'm sure it's Patrick. It's funny, I'm going to remember stuff years ago and I'm not going to remember what I said yesterday, but um, I'm sure it was DJ Patrick and at one point in the night he came up and he was just invited people up for a shot, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm getting up there, man. And that was it. Just like, shit, Mick, shit, scratch, just touch cross I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing, man. You just got the bug? Um, just straight away. I was like, straight home, my mum and dad was like, I want to set turntables. They're like, oh, Carl. Um, <laughs> How and much? I just, I know. And I just like constant, 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 constant. And eventually I got my first set of, from Tandy, realistic, Lab 150 belt driven turntables and a wee, um, a wee Tandy mixer. And then that was it. But then the thing I'm always thankful about that is, I learned to mix on a set of belt drives, and you know, I could mix, scratch, chop. Like, I, I spent, okay, man, I spent about you know, two, three, four years, like, practicing, learning constant. And my mm-hmm. focus never came off the dancing so much, but I put so much more energy into, like, what I was trying to do, you know? And then eventually I said to my dad, right, I need a set of techniques. And he's like, how much? And just barrage, 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 barrage. And then one day he came home, sort of semi half cut, and I was like, "Am I getting dicks?" I went, and he's like, "Right, let's go on the bus." Took took me the bus up to 
uh, okay, is it Hutchison's sounds or something? Uh-huh. It's no, um, I think it's just Hope Street you come in. Is it bigger sounds? No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't know. It's the one just as, as you come over the bridge and go up, just just by the, just across the central station. Right, okay. I don't know, that's probably not. It's probably, probably flat. Probably not there. Yeah, yeah, I know it's probably flat. And then the guy, my dad was like, tell the guy what you want. I said, I need two Technics 1210s. And he's like, what? And I said, I need two Technics 1210. He's like, we've only got one in stock. So they sent me home a Technics 1210 and some shitty fucking hi-fi thing. But I was like, right, I'll take it. I'll be back for the other one. And that was it. Just just hooked, man. And it was just easy when you got after learning on belt drives, man. Just like, got Technics, was like, this is a piece of piss, uh-huh. you know, compared to trying to mix on belt drives. So if you can learn, if you can learn on hard things first, or the easy stuff's easier after that, you know? All right, falls into place. Would you start yeah. to then make mixtapes up in the house and share them with your mates or, and fall it like, when you're when you're breaking and stuff like that, playing them in the boogie yeah, boxes? Yeah, doing all that kind of stuff and all the mates were in and, you know, just having a good a jam in the house. And that's, as I say, we did a, we did a rain jam at, um, I, should, I can't remember if it's Partick, but I'm sure it's Partick. It's a big, fancy, like, hall, you know. We threw a jam in there, took our decks up, banging out electro tunes and all that kind of stuff. And I think there was a bit of a disaster because the lassies smashed up the lassies' toilet and flooded it. And so we never get invited back again. But, but yeah, it was just, it was good, man. Just so much fun. And that's that just it was just I don't know why I sound like no disrespect to Bob, just a vibe, do you know what I mean? Just like uh, it was just it was my whole life that was all care about. And from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep, it was just hip hop and scratching and mixing and dancing and you know, we did shows in the local comedy and stuff like that and you no, know, we did we did pretty good, you know. And it was it was a good kind of um step into just I guess entertainment, you know. DJing. Aye. Well, the whole, the whole hip hop thing, DJing, you know, breaking everything, you know, just 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 being different from everybody else. Yep, it's mad how when you're 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 at that age, the the information's no as ready available as it is the new, and it's no. really just like word of mouth and this guy knows about that. Watching. And if you go there, you wee, bits of TV. My wee mate Brian, he used to have all the videos, and that's what we used to do. We even just did away in case anybody in my family. We used to dog school, go to Brian's house. And watch the Rocksteady crew and all that kind of stuff, you know, Grandmaster Flash, and mm-hmm. that's all we did all day, you know, and just mimicked that mm-hmm. as much as we could, copying their moves, practice the moves, and then we just got really, really good. I'm not saying big he did, but we did get really, really good, you know. It was just, yeah, it was good. It's, 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 uh, it was what put me in the path of where I'm doing. I guess we'll probably get into it later in the interview about, um, what I'm really embarrassed about. There was a point that like, makes me really embarrassed because, um, once, I think it must have been about 16, um, one of the crew, Gordon, they used to go to the dancing. Um, and it was the dancing. What year is this, Mark? What year is this? About 1986. Right. 87. So I was, I was just coming up for 17. Um, obviously, with a fake ID, as you do. Um, <laughs> and he was like, Why don't you come up to the warehouse? And the warehouse was like, a dancing, but it was like the cool dancing, you know, there was the Mardi Gras was next door, which was the Disco Betty Club, no disrespect to anybody who used to go to the Mardi Gras, but that's when the, the dance floor off flashed up lights and all that, you know, and just a different kind of music, but the warehouse was kind of starting to play like some house in Detroit house and stuff like that. And then Big McEwen was like, you need to come up, it's really, really fun. So me, Brian, I don't know if Archie went or no, um, and I stepped into that club and I was just like, what? This is just, wow. I'm going, I want DJ here. And it was Paul MC, Paul Najai, that was running it at that point, playing like all sorts of, and I was just, at that point, I was just like, Pff. and this is what I'm embarrassed about. I just dropped hip hop like a hop to it. I was like, I'm not, nah, this is it. This is it. What and obviously that I mean? was just, just, 
just as, as the music was starting to, just as it was starting yep. to falter into, you know. What do, what what do you think? Was that was that basically your first your first experience of a club? What do you think made you just go? Nah, no, no, because dance music where it's at. As, as far as hip hop goes, I was still we used to we, I teamed up with local rappers and you know, I was DJing for them and, and hip hop clubs, you know. So mm-hmm. it's not that I hadn't been in a club before. Just the, the the music just just grabbed me by the nuts, and I was just like, man, this is this is it. This is what I need to do, you know. And I was like, I want to DJ in here. I want to DJ in here. Just the vibe was so good. And um, we went there for I don't know, we went for a couple of years, maybe maybe less than a couple of years. Um, and I'd been sending tapes to Paul MC. Give like so, you know, try because I immediately just changed my my music policy altogether. I started buying all you know, this house stuff and Dane mixtapes with that kind of music in it. And then I left. I, I stopped going for I don't know a few months. And um, I'd never heard anything back for Paul at that point. And then met a mate up in the city, and he was like, oh, "I've not seen you up the warehouse for." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I've been taking some time out and doing some other." But he said, "I've taken on an apprentice DJ." I was like, "What? You serious?" He's like, "Yeah." Uh, and I was like, right, "That was magic." Straight back up to the warehouse, and I was just like, and I was like seventeen at this point, shy, timid, you know, was you know, just like really kind of stand backish. But I'd belief in my ability because I'd been doing hip hop for so long, and it was, yeah. I think also what helped me get in that my fit in any door was the fact that I was, I wasn't just getting up mixing tunes. I was just taking up everything I'd learned for hip hop and just that to a different style of music this music that was just coming in so it was like completely different for anybody else that was doing it you know uh-huh. and I was like I'm not being funny mate but I'm not that impressed with him and he need to give me that job and he's like really and I was like seriously man I was like I'm way better than him and I would like maybe maybe now I'd say that I probably wouldn't even say that now but as a 17 year old I would never have said that but I'd confidence shows you, know you your I mean? passion like, and drive mark job. as well doesn't it it's just showing you yeah. like you've just got that fucking want the drive and um, Paul MC was like, "Well, come up, come up next Friday to the Mardi Gras because Noble used to do the Mardi Gras on a Friday night. Uh, sorry, Noble used to do the warehouse on a Friday night, and Paul MC would do the Mardi Gras, and then they would swap. Paul MC would do the warehouse on a Saturday, and Noble would do the Mardi Gras. So, um, but again, I had a load of tunes then. Like, I had enough tunes to do a tape. You know what I mean? And um, Paul MC was like, "Right, come up to the Mardi Gras, had a chat." I went, "Do you listen to my tape?" He's like, "Ah, oh, no, I never managed to, to get listened to it." And like, and I was like, "Okay, but you're still giving me a shot. Cool, that's sound, man. So fair enough." And um, Paul was like, "Right, you've got my tunes. You know, everything's there. You know, I'll, I'll fuck off at the road so I don't make you feel under pressure." And like, and I just did my thing, and he can just straight up, and he's like, "Wow," he's like, "Right, you start the warehouse next week." Brilliant, like, sweet. And that, that was it. And my first night in there, I was shitting myself because it was all. It was all my half. It was for all the, the people from my scheme, and I, I need to put in at this point. If it wasn't for the people of my scheme passing my mic tapes about, you know, having and even breakdancing wise, everybody, you know, like goodins, badins, wrongins, dealers, junkies, they all supported us, young boys as breakers. Yep. They were always plenty of support, and when I got into DJing again, they always massively supported that. They were passing the mixtapes about, you need to listen to this. People going into the scheme to score drugs, you need to listen to this. And obviously the word just spread and all of a sudden the warehouse was just huge, you know. But my first night, I was literally 
putting my because Paul was like, hey, you going first as you would, you know, warm up guy, putting my first record on. And then I would duck behind like as if I was looking for <laughs> records, but I was I was under the decks, fucking shitting myself. Aye, aye. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, "Oh, my mates are here. What happens if I fuck it up?" But as you just kind of you get used to it, you get the confidence up. But yeah, the warehouse was oh, the warehouse was amazing. The warehouse was like yeah, just the start of everything really. The start of your journey. And what kind of year was that? That was well, I had my eighteenth birthday while I was DJing in the warehouse. That would have been wow. nineteen eighty-seven. Do you know what I mean? mean? And what and I, I'd read, what a year to start as well, you know. I mean, it's like almost like the perfect storm. You're yeah, just, just coming just, right out the back of hip hop, and just as dance music's about to go fucking massive. I mean, I know there's a lot to be said for being at the right place at the right time, but it was just it literally was just a case of that, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't say literally. I'd like to think it was a wee bit, a wee bit more well, involved, but yeah, you know what I mean. A lot but, of passion, a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of hours that nobody sees. I read a quote. I'm going to. I'm going to. I read a quote for a guy that used to go to Wales, and this this literally somebody where I was. I want to see if I can find it. I was reading this the other day and I was like, I need to keep this. Um, the warehouse best music attracted an eclectic mix of early ravers, ex-casuals, trendies, enlightened scheme teamers, students, guys from the gay scene. That was all happening on the dance floor and at the back of the club. But the front end, there was a kind of mezzanine seating which was still the preserve of some pretty heavy characters that you wouldn't want to get in an argument with. So although for me the warehouse was where Hard House literally kicked off in Glasgow, it wasn't a balearic piece of love type of place. It was a club clubbing equivalent of an old firm game. Lots of passion, lots of noise, and a feeling that the whole thing could fucking kick off at any given moment, <laughs> raving, on the raving on the edge. And it literally was that. It was nuts, man. Who's, who's summed that up? Is that something I don't know. You know? I kind of read it online. So it was a thing, it was a, a project that was doing. I was um, looking for some bits and I read it and I, I just copied and pasted that I was like I need to keep that man because it does it just sums it up you, it could have just kicked off and often it did kick off Aye. do you know what I mean it really did but it was the best club ever man absolutely best well I would say the best club but that, like to be at the start and that club to be so good and so mm -hmm. vibrant and so bouncing because Mr C used to come up with I can't remember his second name. I'm sure it was Dave, a guy called Dave from Edinburgh. They used to do the Wednesday night at the warehouse. Mm -hmm. This was before Mr. C was like obviously huge, you know, playing lots of great music. Is that, one, is that one of the guys for the Finney tribe, the Dave guy? No? I don't know. Uh, I know he's coaster kind of guy. As in he's coaster guy, but I don't know if it's Finney tribe. Big tall guy with black hair. That's all I remember. Too busy bouncing about the floor at that point, you know what I mean? But, but that's the <laughs> thing. Would you do your set then? You'd be doing on a dance floor with your mates just raving no. away, kind of thing? Oh, so I'd do, I'd do the, the Saturday night the weather, but I'd go up on the Wednesday to listen to this club. When at one point I was DJing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because he had Hollywood, um, and then I'd Mardi Gras on a Friday, whereas on a Saturday, wasn't he DJing, sorry. Hollywood, I think they had a Monday night thing. And Mr. C was thing, and it was in the Wednesday, so it was just. And I was I had a job at this time. I was um, training to be a cabinet maker, so I was like, get out five nights a week. Get in. Made my used to make coffins for living. I was getting in, still half asleep, firing brads into my leg and through my thumb. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's what you do for a passion of music, man. Is there any sort of tracks for your hip hop days and the early dance days that still kind of take you back I, to these times? Hard. To, well, I, you're going to pin me down to try and think of tunes and. You know, you're just if those ones just instantly come. I don't know. No, no, to the Papua New Guinea future sound of London. It's a big, a big track for me, and that's probably a wee bit later. But that, that was always huge. Um, Are you happy? You know that one, Voodoo Ray, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, Promised Land. Do you know what I mean? All that stuff's just phenomenal. You know, when you're when you're in there, I mean, 
first of all, big shout out to Paul for giving you that space yeah, to do that. Man. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? And he's been on the scene forever. I think he's probably a DJ. Does he get enough props? Yeah, no, big time, big time. And, you know, to, did, see, to see this young guy, he saw the passion in your eyes. He's went, I'll give you a shot, mate. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, but that's that's what you need. You need somebody to give you that break, you know. And mm-hmm. if I if I hadn't got into the warehouse when I did, would I get in somewhere else? I would have know, but would I would have still just been plugging away, trying to get somewhere, you know. But it was just again, it's just sort of just been right place, right time, and somebody said, yep. "Yeah, go on, get a go." And so, obviously, saw that I did have a bit of talent, and went, "Yeah, fair enough, man." Do you know what I mean? When you're DJing in there, are you seeing? The sort of sea change of the music going more into, I don't know, Acid House, is that sort of kicking off? Well, that, that, so Detroit House came in first, and then yeah. Acid House came in, and then um, Italian House, I think, came in, then European Techno, then you had the Manchester but you know, I think, I think when that came in, I think I'd possibly already moved over the cro- over the road to um, Clubhouse, yeah, because the warehouse did eventually shut down, and then... Um, Approached Clubhouse End across the road, saying, "Is that across the, the water? That's the other side uh, of the across bridge." Across the bridge, yeah. Aye, aye. And again, that was another amazing club, probably even more mental than the warehouse. You know, it was just nuts because I think initially it was Rangers casuals that were there, uh, sorry, Celtic casuals, and all the people that were in the warehouse, or all the people that all my friends, I should say. I'm not a football man. I wouldn't say who support, but they were all Rangers <laughs> casuals, and they were all beautifully mental. You know what I mean? So I don't think the Clubhouse End was particularly. Busy, and I was like, "Well, look, I could fill this place, mate. I, you know, like I filled half of the warehouse, literally, and asked for a door deal. And I never got a door deal. I get a paid a shitty wage for it, but it was my next step, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that that was again, that was just mental. That was really, that was my like Paul MC had the warehouse. I had the high end. It was mine, you know. It was it was my night. Um, I used to do from ten o'clock at night to eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, sorry, ten o'clock at night to eleven o'clock at night. The boy Eggie used to run a bus through for Edinburgh because he used to come to the warehouse. I'd give him an 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock shot and I would do for 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the morning because at that point it was a Glasgow City of Culture, yep. something like that. So everything was open to 5. And then did that for, I don't know how long, like six cases of records and it was just nuts. And the, the atmosphere was just like, I know there's a lot I said about roughings and wrongings and casuals, but when they got to party, they got to party, you know, and, Mm-hmm. At that point, everybody was just again so immersed in this new music. It was just like it was new for everybody. Aye. You know, you getting mad casuals going out and getting getting full of e and having the best time of their life. Everything was sound. You know, there was the odd bit of trouble as you get anywhere, but the club was just insane, man. Absolutely insane. It's mad that you mention the European city of culture because I think when Glasgow got that, it really did put it on the map, didn't it? Because even guys like me and pretty much everybody else, small towns like Ayrshire and stuff like that, we were coming up to Glasgow after the Metro finished it too because it was like five, six in the morning, the clubs. Yeah, definitely. We're finishing, and I, and I just think, I, I don't know, just, I, 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 can I set a fire for, you know, everybody? Mm-hmm. And everybody's well, just a, dance music a, daft. Like a rave, a rave, or an illegal rave, or a, like at that point was was an all nighter. Do you know what I mean? And you never had that in Glasgow until the city of culture, and it couldn't have came a better time. You know, <laughs> like the time the raving kicks in, and it's like, yeah, you can open until five or six, and it just that's just what it became. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just insane, man. I mean, even your tapes from back then are still fucking legendary. You know, they I'll, they I'll, probably spawned a million DJs and and around Glasgow as well. Yeah, well, that was the tapes I'm talking about. All the all the pedal crew would just like. 
rattle on about, give everybody, you know, and like a lot of people hadn't heard uh, the music, you know, some people did some going, but then they heard me playing the music and they heard how I played it because one of the penalty crew gave them it. And again, it just, it just, you know, as it, it's not like it's new, everything's fake and try to look, mm-hmm. um, so I'm as famous as hell and this is how many likes I've got and this is how many plays. It's not, back in the day, it was just simple word of mouth. Made, and then you, you, you delivered, you delivered on the night as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, I listen back to some of the tapes now and I'm going, oh, cringe, oh, friends, that's, that's what I is. I listen back to some of my sets right now and I go, cringe. <laughs> I, I mean, when you're, in, when you're in the moment, yeah, it, it, you know, obviously, I, you're, you're, I mean, a mistake's a mistake, you know what I mean? But when you're in the moment, you just get away with so much more, you know what I mean? And yeah. It's not, and again, when then you're in a cold light of day dissecting one of your old mixes or something like that, mm-hmm. it's a totally different kind of thing you know you're probably a lot harder on yourself as well because you know well, you're listening to d- every dissect, minute detail dissect the mix when I was like 18 or 19 year old do you know what I mean mm-hmm. you know which is madness man but yeah no, the, 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 the house was amazing and then it went from the house to things like the Metro and then all the, the old days at Destos and Dundee with Tony Cochran and stuff like that and then it just after that just went boom well look, that's what I was going to say so you're you're gaining, you're gaining notoriety in Glasgow, you're, you're running your kind of nights there. Did was the first kind of steps other clubs in Glasgow try to book you? Was you know playing Tin Pan Alley for a while? Am I getting mixed up? I think that was a little bit later. I can't, I, I, I'll, I'll forget my dates, um, but I think that was a little bit later because I know I used to do. I don't know if the Metro was first. I'm sure, I played the Metro. I can remember seen a photo recently and I've got a big banner painted up Metro all day on Sunday do you know Albert Air so that was in the house definitely um, I started doing the Metro all day but I say Destos and Dundee come up um, I don't know if Tim Pan Alley was when I'd moved over to heaven I don't know I can't remember this is like including hip hop 37 years just yep. dance music I'm just I'm on, on the, the bridge of just 35 years now isn't it I mean, I was going to do, I was going to do a 30, 30 year in the game album and then missed it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that was two years ago. Shit. Oh, <laughs> so COVID I'm, kicked I'm, in as well, isn't it? You're yeah, like, oh. so, so I'm working on the 35 year in the game album now. So, but yeah, so it's trying to remember all the, what came where and when, you know, it yep. gets a bit difficult. But yeah, I try. Can you remember the sort of first time? Because for me, it was, I, I went to Tin Pan Alley and it was the first time I'd ever seen people dancing towards the DJ. And that was a big kind of game changer for me. I remember walking down the steps and everybody's dancing, facing the DJ. Is that maybe just something that stuck in my mind? Or can you imagine, or can you remember a time when, you know, you're, when you're just DJing to a, a club and then all of a sudden the club's watching you and listening to see what you're doing and all that? Is- I think I think the warehouse is a bit like that, but more so the Hacienda because you came into the Hacienda and you've got a wee doorway and you've got a long corridor with the barras and then there's a cloakroom to your left and then you go up the steps and that's the dance floor there's a couple of seats to your right or like on the corridor you go up and it's the dance floor this week's square dance floor with the toilets there and you've got another set of steps that go up to another bar and like a mezzanine bit and the DJ box was up there so all I remember is just people looking up you know mm-hmm. shouting up and just looking up all, all facing you I remember that definitely for the house man uh-huh. definitely the passion that crowd in there had was just insane same with the weather still get me wrong but I don't know the house, the house and the weather bold, uh, both hold a, a very special place in my heart you know where are you buying your records from at this point as well 23rd Precinct that would have been that was a go to uh, place 
Yeah, it wasn't Billy owned at that time. Billy bought it later. Um, I can't remember the boy's name. It was 23rd Precinct and then Dub 2 and Howard Street. Um, my good mate Tony used to work, I think the guy owned a guy called Scott, he used to work in there. And I ended up getting a job in Dub 2 through Tony. Um, and ended up working in there. And then after Dub 2 shut down, Tony was like, do I own the record shop? I was like, fuck yeah. He's like, well, I'll speak to my uncle and see if he's wanting to put the investment in. And Fuck Jones is like, yeah, we'll do it. So we opened up Notorious. What year is this? Oh, fuck, don't know who you're asking. God knows. I'm, I know, I'm, prob- I'm probably moving on a bit. I've probably got some notes, but um, I'm probably moving on a bit. But still, the Metro now, it was still happening. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it would have been early 90s. Aye. Because was, what I was going to say to you as well, you know, also before the record shopping, you're DJing and, you know, you're doing mere gigs, the old days. When did you start getting the bug for production and want to get in and about that? Because yeah, when was, was you, 92 or something like that, I think you put a release out in club scene, but was you putting stuff out before? No, that? I was not. I, I did a dabble um, when I was in the house. I remember the wee Boss, Boss SE, I can't remember the name, I think the Boss SE 50 drum machine or something. No, I was because there was a shop right next to 23rd that used to sell all the, the studio equipment. Aye. But I wasn't, I wasn't mad into like, oh, what I produce. Just like, I, I was having a dabble. I used to have a wee... Yen SX1000 synth and a drum machine and I remember I, I did a wee kind of thing recorded it on the tape I remember playing it in the, the house and it went really well but it wasn't something I kind of massively pursued you know um, I think it was after I got with Bill I was like right, fuck it I'm just going to start you know it was, it was the next level thing you get your management company I know you probably excuse me you do your, your DJing you get sent to management company your management company owns a label it's the next logical step to start producing music you know yeah. and that's when I, I bought, started buying more gear and properly getting into it so do you think it was something you wanted to do or did Bill kind of help guide you to, this is Bill Granger for club scene we're talking about isn't it? did he yeah, of course, yeah. kind of go I can facilitate you to get into a studio and I think it's something you should do yeah no I think I think Bill definitely did you know and I think I never went into the studio I think because I knew the label was there, I think I bought a, 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 a Sonic EPS 16 Plus after John Campbell, which had like 9.2 seconds of sample time on it. That, that, I, that. I, I, I wrote so many fucking tunes on that do you know what I mean um, I didn't know Sonic was your first thing as well because that was just a fucking belter of keyboard yeah that was, I've still got it sitting in the corner here I'm looking, I can look at it wow. now is it still fully working aye with the, with the OEX expander which gives you the 8 outs instead of aye, the 2 aye. amazing you know? so um, I've still got loads of samples that I want to pull off of that and I've still got all my discs and a big disc thing and a wow. couple, I'd probably know what to be fair they'll all be you dead now but I've got a couple after them recently for a couple of bits, but... That um, gold mine in there, man. Again, it's time, and it? It's just like, I, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to, I've got a, a big cupboard full of studio gear that I've, I've got a reminder on my phone, because every day it says, sell studio gear. It's just stuff that I don't use, no use for ages. I've carted that about from house move to house move to house move along mm-hmm. with the records. I'm like, I need to get rid of that. And I can remember what kind of stuff are you thinking about selling? Um, I've got an S5 AKS 5000 so my, uh-huh. my after, after my Sonic if you want to talk music my, my go-to sampler would have been an AKS 950 yeah S950 um, man filters on that were fucking incredible and the, the time stretch and everything was just Aye. phenomenal man that was that was so good um, but I've got an AKS 5000 which I don't use anymore I've got a Emu Vintage Keys which again that and my um, yeah that Aye. and my and Sonic were probably the, the mainstay of all my early tunes literally just the two of them uh-huh. that was it you know the strings after the, the emu and 
ripping up loads of samples in the, in the Sonic and my wee and Atari <laughs> again with the samples that's you probably digging back into your hip hop and just going fucking sample yeah, galore because I mean, you, you know the tunes prob- inside it I, I think nowadays everything's so over but well produced I get that but I wrote my best stuff when it was just sample based you know when you heard something like I'm going to rip that I'm going to rip mm-hmm. that I'm going to rip that you know you got a wee noise you got a wee vocal I mean obviously nowadays we're on it you can just get anything you want you know you can find anything anywhere yep. but I still love sample based just chopping bits of sample and you think back to some of the biggest tunes back in the day they're just everything's mostly sample based you know like a prodigy everything, they were all sample based by the strings so I think that for me that's again maybe it's just because it was my thing at the time and I was there but it was all kind of happening but yeah that that's my bag still man I Although think not you, so the Prodigy is a great example if you for me the first two possibly three albums is fucking Meet, Meet Manifesto Radio Babylon yeah. you know that it's, it's just to me that's just like the fucking that's the that's track at the Liam's went like that fucking off some of that and wrote three yeah. albums off it yeah but that's what it was like, you know, you could hear something get torn about the samples and then before you know it, you've got something totally new and it's yeah. your thing. Totally, man. Get all that you stuff hooked up, man, and all the samples off it, you'll be fucking smashed out. I'm, I'm, I've, still got, I've still got my S950, I'm not going to part with that. I'm, I'm going to rig that up. But again, it's, it's a time thing, as I say, I'm, I guess I procrastinate, you know, but it's try to juggle everything, you know, try right. to be a producer, promoter, run a label, you know what I mean, be a dad. I know. I know loads of other people can do it, but I'm old and get tired now, I can't always be bothered. <laughs> no, it's not enough other people can do it, everybody's struggling, they just maybe try and fucking, you know, no flap as much and try to portray them as if I've got this handled and then they're alone the lot of fucking hell man <laughs> see I think I always, I always um, perform better under pressure I, I'm, I leave everything to last minute but mm-hmm. if I do it all too soon I'm just thinking something's not right you know something yeah. I, need, I need to be right on the wire man and I, I get the best at myself when I'm on the wire do you know what I mean yeah big time it's just working, like working, working to a deadline rather than fucking I let's work at start the noon and in a couple of months time we'll go aye I know what you're saying yeah I mean your first the first track I'm sure it was like fucking 92 or something was that the first piece of vinyl that you've released was yeah, that your club te- scene techno dot was it techno dot breakdown breakdown sorry breakdown it would have been how did that feel getting your first white label and then playing it and other folk Amazing. playing it and all that because like when we were in Dub two with Tony. I think it was before we moved to the Tories. It was like there was so much like good music at that point. You'd all the English stuff, the breakbeat stuff, you know, other stuff. The, the bouncy techno wasn't even massive. It was like that was still we kind of came in at that point. So it was like, it was just like grabbing all these ideas again, sample based stuff. Listening to loads of English tunes, thinking, well, we could make that work. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then to get that done was just phenomenal. You know, I was like, well, we're onto something here. Right. I mean, I, I remember listening to your early stuff. And it was definitely made an English influence sound than what was happening in Scotland, and that's what I always kind of liked about it because it was a wee bit more. I would say, I would say English influence, but there was still, there was still the Scottish bang in it. There was still the, the kick, and you know. But you could tell that it was the folk for Scotland that was influencing you. You know, you, you, your yeah. music taste was a, a lot more far afield, uh-huh. and I think that's what kind of stood you from everybody else trying to have a show and put music out. And See, maybe that's believe... worked in your favour for for getting bookings, maybe doing in England and stuff like that. Well, probably. I, I mean, I just, but I like I like all sorts of music, and I like to take all sorts of input for you. Do you know what I mean? I like to try and mix it up. I don't think anything should be a particular style. Or I mean, I know I, get, I used to get tagged as a freeform DJ, and I hate that. But it was because my sort of 
Tarsona free form is do what you like no 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 you play trancy hardcore it's like play what you like play how you like it same with position it should be write what you like write how you like it and yeah. I didn't didn't necessarily this sounds a bit elite and I don't want it to sound elite but I didn't write we think oh this will sound great in a dance floor everybody go just wrote the music because I liked it luckily yeah. enough people liked it you know rather than try to write to a formula write what somebody else is writing or write this because somebody else wrote a tune like that and it's really big we should do that just write what I wanted to write and very luckily you know it's, it is obviously a lot of luck involved as well but people went for it Mm-hmm. I, no, I think I totally agree with you, and I think, especially well, it's always happened, but especially more and more like these days, I think too many people, artists or whatever, DJs or producers, whatever you want to call them, they're trying to write music that other their other their peers would play rather yeah. than writing right, what they're into for the sale. Yeah, Aye. that's and, and that, that's be. where you get things lost in it. When you're yeah. doing stuff for yourself, that's when you get your best results. So you write, you write what you want, what you like, and and just try and do your best to not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks about it. Because you write music for you, unless you're why you get rich and famous and get gigs, then you're trying to write music for mm-hmm. that fits fits the the mold. You know what yeah. I mean? But I think if you write your own stuff, the good stuff will always get noticed. You know? I mean, I d- I don't know if it's as well as well known as that, but I would say you're. DJ career and then step into production influenced the majority of Glasgow DJs. Is that something you're aware of or? Well, not until recently. You know, I mean, I know I've got loads of mates that I could remember seeing that at Heaven and Haas and the Warehouse who were just mates that used to come, you know. But I mean, I know I'm not going to mention any names in case I embarrass them or they don't want me to say it, but you know, people standing right in front of me and having just watching what I'm doing, just mm-hmm. literally watching, watching what I'm playing, watching how I'm playing it. And then next thing, they're off doing their own thing. Don't mean stealing my style, but watch me and then go and make it their own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because again, I definitely felt that your DJ style and, and your through your mixtapes and that, it was kind of like, here's, here's a probably an analogy. You remember when Eddie Halliwell buzzed on the scene and then all of a sudden there was a million Eddie Halliwells? Yeah. I relate that to when you've burst on the scene and then all of a sudden everybody's want to be Mark Smith. That's the, you know, for an outsider looking in, that's the way uh, I kind of seen it. You know, like you've just kind of shook things up and came out, and probably because you are a sort of a, a local guy with a big local following, it's 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 resonating with others, others, other Scottish people, and they're going fucking. Hell, I want some of that. You I'm know humbled what? by that. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'm good. I'm good pals with, with Davy Forbes and a few other folk, and I know just for their their, their admiration of you. You know, and the, what, the, how inspired they were through what you've done. You know, kept mm-hmm. theme. Thing is, but I, but I never set out. This is what I was thinking about. I never set out to do anything. I just, I was just doing what I did, and I was lucky enough. And I still, I was, I wasn't he like, I guess at seventeen, I was a, I was just a young shy stoner. Do you know what I mean? Who liked to play music and was never business minded. Never. You know, if I knew, it's going to cut out here, so I need to send another link if it does. Okay, sorry, no worries. <laughs> sorry. If I knew knew what I knew then I'd probably have a different mindset on how I approached my career but I was just caring that I was getting gigs I was getting to play some of the biggest parties didn't care necessarily at that point what I was getting paid that was the end I was just like I'm playing here I'm playing there I was just like I never set out to break any boundaries per se I just got gigs off the back of what I did and obviously you're saying I'm humbled by you saying that Excel Podcast Podcast. Podcast.
I look at people now and it's just like fame, money, fame, money, fame, money, you know? And I wish, no, I don't wish, but, you know, if I had that mindset back then, I would be more famous and have more money. But it's not why I did it, you know? And as, as you were asking about, like, do I realise what people think to me? It's only like a, a couple of years ago, I was reading quotes and stuff and I was like, fucking hell, man, you know? I, don't, I never, no, I don't know I was quite big, but I never realised to the extent what people would, were saying about me and thinking about me. You know, I still mm-hmm. get that. When I read it now, I'm just like, I'm still humbled and just saying, it's just me. <laughs> Aye. You know but what I mean? I mean, that's the thing. You're focused on what you're doing. It's not as if you're focused on what everybody else around you is thinking. And then mm-hmm. I, I would go as far as, as to say, maybe back then, if you did have that business attitude, you might have burnt out a lot quicker because it's, it's the, I think that's, bizarrely, as much, again, personally speaking, as much as a, as a, as a, I, I'm I'm fucking annoyed with some of the choices business-wise that I made back the day. I think all the you needed to make the mistakes to get to, to where you're getting. Yeah, to no, learn. Yeah. Whereas if you if you did jump right in on the scene and you had the best management and whatever, I think you'd be burnt out in two three I mean, years. It's even, it's even like you being a PA, right? Because that was something I always toyed with, right? It was always like study a PA, study a PA. And I remember recently speak to David Forbes that we were talking about I, I dropped off his like his ass, I bought his um, his Juno off him way way back today um, and you know buy it back half or something yeah and he's like you still got that Juno and I was like yeah yeah for 50 quid less than what I fucking pay for it <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember chatting to him and I was like I talked about I was like I was thinking he went fuck off you're way too big for that and I was like but I never I never saw myself like that no, never uh-huh. you know what I mean but, but I never don't I tell never, me you said that. I never, 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 I think you were focused on the art of turntable. Just, just for, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I class myself as back then, and I still class myself as now, as I was just a fucking mad raver who loved the music, who was lucky enough to get to play the tunes. That, that's I still see myself. You know, you'll still see me in front of a club, mm-hmm. listening, to, listening to who's on, or having a bounce about, or going nuts. Because I'm still that's that's what my heart is just raving. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I just was lucky enough to get the chance to be that guy that helped people rave you know I think I think we're all a wee bit guilty of overusing the word luck and when use luck what luck means and it's thousands of hours Mark in your room honing your skills that's no luck mate that's hard work but it's that Scottish mentality you go it's just luck you know I'm just right no it's no that's you know commitment hard work where all your all your rest of your mates are fucking out smashing windies and getting up to all sorts of trouble mm-hmm. the very I think the music is, is, is put you on a path where you know all your passion and your energy has gone into that that's no luck mm-hmm. you know that's you know I don't I don't know if it's just because at the age you're at as well you're no you're not thinking this is a career move and this is it's just you're just channeling all your energies into something it wasn't really for a, it wasn't really a career back then anyway it was like mm-hmm. you had disco betty DJs you had pe- people playing dance music it was it was what they did it wasn't like oh I, I want to be a DJ and play in a club it wasn't wasn't necessarily a career choice it was just something you wanted to do mm-hmm. do you know what I mean because everybody like even back in the day disco betty DJs were considered quite cool you know what I mean but it wasn't something you go I'm going to go be a DJ when I grow up. Aye. 
I mean, I heard dance music, I was like, I'm going to be a Aye. But do you, you not know? think there was that kind of stigmatism about it as well, where you were a bit of a weirdo because you were into music and stuff? Even like, I remember like hip hop and stuff like that, and just folk who were maybe more into rock and stuff like that at the school and stuff. You, you were just like, you were the fucking the yeah, only, never, the only DJ in the village. <laughs> Because of, because of your, your scheme there was I mean there was loads of talent in your scheme there was like that lashes dancing you know there was loads right. there was just loads of, and as I say all the boys all the crew all the wrongings all the goodins they were everybody was just really supported as I say even more breakers they were always supporting when I got into music everybody was supporting obviously the music again they were getting into because it, it was what was happening so mm-hmm. they were even more supportive that this young lad for the scheme was playing in this club and doing mixtapes and you know we're all mates you know they were, they could, like honestly between goodens, bad is wrong and junkies drug addict everything, everybody I can't thank because they're the people that actually put me where I am right now mm-hmm. you know it was just a movement I, then for where you were brought up can I yeah yeah totally man and everybody gives schemes a bad name but schemes are amazing they're full of amazing people do you mm-hmm. know full of some assholes but Aye. most of the time they're just full of proper down to earth hard working people and like you're saying they do get behind you the people you grow up with because I think I don't know maybe maybe they're just so happy for you no I was going to say breaking out but I you know almost like they're living their dreams through you and oh you know what I mean check him out like, fucking, that's one of our boys and all that and that yeah. kind of camaraderie and fucking support you, you, you can't fake that man you know that's something that it's just real and, it's, and no, something- it's no marketed it's no boat that's it. And it's something it's like at that time when the music was all changing, it was something we were all experiencing together. No, so everybody uh-huh. was just in this, this just tidal wave of just awesomeness, you know, everybody was just loving everything was happening. Yep. You know, we're all caught up with it. See and DJing and playing all nighters and also you get to meet you you mentioned you met Mr. C and stuff like that. And is there other DJs on your journey that you're meeting that A are inspiring you and B are letting you down? You don't need to mention any names, you know, but you know, when you start meeting these other people who you've heard so much about or hold in such high regard and you're just like, you're an asshole, mate. There's or- too many too many fakers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just too many fakers. And a lot of, especially the scene nowadays, um, it's just all about own hype, you know? It's just, that's what it is. And the whole, I don't know why the whole digital thing, but the whole DJ culture is just... I mean, there's nothing wrong with digital, there's nothing wrong with sync, you know, there's nothing wrong with, because that's what it's moved on to, and that's what people are embracing, that's what we're doing now. But for me, the whole DJ culture, as I know it, is just dead in the water, you know what I mean? It's just people like. As in the skull of turntablism? Well, well no, I guess there's a skill in, in the modern. I'm just an old dinosaur, I'm just, and I'll never change, you know? I mean, I, I still, people like buy control, and I'm like, well, no, I want separate decks. <laughs> Mm-hmm. needs to be separate you know but it's not necessarily skill it's just I don't know just the, the, the culture's just gone you know and like people plan sets now the pre-program their set I mean I think that's just that's just death right there you know what I mean right. even people rocking up with a, a pre-mix set well that you know, again yeah that I've, just makes I've, me book yeah it's just it's, it's, the whole culture's just and that's just a fame thing isn't it it's just everybody's trying to jump in the bandwagon uh-huh. to, to look awesome you know, but I, I mean, mean, I don't get I'll go get plan sets either because you could. I know what I want to play first. I, I've got a couple of tunes in my bag that I'm going to start with that, but mm-hmm. I'll wait till I get there. I'll read the crowd. I'll see what he finishes on, so I can go. I'll start with that. Start with that. From there on, it's just completely winging it, reading the crowd, mm-hmm. just try to. Well, I know that's going to go with that. Oh, I'm going to drop this new tune because this will go, and I know what roughly what to finish with. But it depends on 
where my journey kind of goes, you know what I mean? Because you might, you might say, oh, I'm going to drop this, doesn't go that well. So you drop something else, which kind of takes you on a different path to your, to your finish. But I don't understand people that plan sets and shit. That's, that's just mm-hmm. how you carry. <laughs> I think, I think you can have a pot of, you know, especially with USBs, you know, like fucking mere tunes and you've ever carried in boxes yeah. and, and, and have that to go. But I to sit down and go, that's what I'm playing start to finish. It's good to, good to do the digging. But no, yeah. but any of you, but people do it, and it's, uh, it's just madness. I mean, I, even modern technology. I used to remember what I wanted to play and where it was by the cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, <laughs> that's that's how I knew. That's actually new idea. Everything's just so throwaway, man. And you're I just know. looking at. I, I mean, I'm no dissing it. Obviously, I've got to do it because it's what I need to play on now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's not as much no, we need as much fun you know and I can see myself like just scrolling scrolling like I can't fucking find it I can't aye. find it you know when the it's running out and I'm like oh, oh it starts with a different letter and it's, or it's named different can't be, I'd rather just be flicking through a book and go that's yep. it yep. you know what about so your career's moving you're doing gigs you're doing all-nighters and stuff like you're putting you're putting records out your profile's growing is there a point in your career mid-90s or whatever that you're going Fucking hell! I'm doing this. I'm a, I, I'm a, you know, like so the penny drops. You go. I'm a DJ, or are you still thinking it's luck it's getting you by here? No, no, it's not. I don't think it's a case of thinking that. It's just like happy to be doing mm-hmm. what I've always wanted to do. You know, I don't think there's a point where I go. Fuck it! I've made it. Because I don't even know I've made it yet. You know what I mean? But I don't think it's. I don't think it's a case of that. It's just again, just. Doing what I do and be happy that I'm getting to yep. do it. Don't get me wrong. I look back and go, oh, I've got booked for this. Do you know what I mean? Wow. I mean, even Rez, Rez knocked me back. I tell you, they, they, I was in dub two at the time and they tried to book me and I couldn't do it for some I was like, oh, sorry, I can't do it. And then I phoned them back after that and I was like, so do you want to book me again? I was like, yeah, send us on a mixtape. I was like, what? Like, you tried to book me fucking uh, six months ago. And then blah, uh, we'll sort something out. But even getting, because I think Red started in the Barrowlands, if I remember right. Their first gig was in the Barrowlands. Was it? Was it no doing? It was obviously a Newcastle hang first at the Yeah, but I mean, up, I mean, up right. when it came to Scotland, I can't I even remember I, it being at the Barrows. I, I think because that was the one I couldn't do. Oh no, that was the one I tried to get on. I can't remember, but I'm sure it was at the Barrowlands uh-huh. again. That was a great venue. That's still there, isn't it? Aye, aye. <laughs> that's no flash. No <laughs> but there's flats all around about it, and they've been threatening to knock it down. But that's still the Barrows is the Barrows, and it's just. For a rave to a fucking again the bars the bars is the bars has helped my career already pirated tapes do you know what I mean yep people been able to buy stuff and yeah just the bars was another it was another mach- machine fundamental machine and just spreading the word you know that yeah, word of mouth which is so important so what was the kind of first big kind of all nighters or gigs that you've just whoops you no know, like like Rez like obviously Rez at Ingleston. I remember that was a big one you wanted today but was there one that you just went holy fuck I don't know there was a, a few of, I, I think some of them Quaker and all that kind of shit, there. yeah and, but I did a gig in Vienna called um, it's called Gazometer I did this with Scott Scott was on the same lineup, and it was uh, an actual you know the big blue things at the side of the fucking M8 the Hods of Gas the big blue things it was a brick one of them that was the venue Um and the flare was um, I'm, I'm showing you the flare, but obviously people on radio can. But the flare was domed. Do you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. it was like, and then the stages were two trucks parked on two big lumps of wood to, to level them out. And I can remember I had a really early set, and I was like, "Oh Scott, come on, do you want to, like do half and half?" He's like, "No, no, we'll work it out." No, 
And I was like, I didn't think there was that many people here. It was raging, man. Two records in, and obviously the people were there. They were just all mulling about outside. The place just went boom. And I was just like, what? Wow. It was, it was amazing. I was just like, oh my God. It was incredible, man. And I was like, yes, yeah, Scott, you're all right. You can keep your set. And <laughs> <laughs> was that a gig? Your first gig abroad or one of your first gigs abroad? I th- might have been one of my first gigs abroad. I can't actually remember. The guy actually booked it, um, booked me. He came over to Vienna to Glasgow, came to the record shop. He'd heard me through club scene and stuff. He's like, what, what are you booking for? I don't know. I don't know if it was, no, it was the first gig. Yeah. It was the second gig because I played for him a few times. But um, he's even on um, the cover of pump up the noise I think it might be he's one of the guys in the back cover so I was like let's let's take a photo we'll put you on the cover he's Brilliant. like no you won't I was like I fucking will <laughs> and I did I think uh, Big Jason for the shops got his knackers out covering on my record as well I remember it <laughs> <laughs> things you do back then but yeah no, that, that gig, I, don't, I don't know if it's a gig that my memory's not the best I don't know can he actually think or really like to play that and get booked for it I mean I'm just it's just roll with it you know what I mean mm-hmm. I mean, I did World Party there in England, which is incredible. Um, did gigs in Australia, like the sale, which is incredible. I mean, everywhere's, everywhere's got its own vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, but um, different crowds, different tunes go off to different crowds. You know, I can remember first playing in Australia and I was shitting myself. So uh-huh. I really don't know what I'm fucking playing. Really don't know what the crowd's going to be like. Um, just I would crap myself on the flight. But I mean, I got there, just did what I did and it went. Obviously, because I think what people don't realise is, especially old times, people book you for not just who you are, but what you do. You know, it's not just... Nowadays, they book you for, I don't know, I don't know, what you play. Do you know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. people think they've got to play all the, all the big tunes all the time. I used to shy away from playing the big tunes. I was always B-side guy. Well, I, I tunes well better. That's why, I would like, again, you're saying playing a bit different. I always played loads of the B-side stuff. Rather Maybe the stuff folk are scared to play. Yeah, just because well, somebody else got to play that, so I'll play this. Mm-hmm. But some of the B side stuff is better than A side. You know, it's just it's just your your personal taste, isn't it? It's just your personal taste. Did you do it where you would hide the the labels or all the time? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> all the time, scrub them out, stick a white stick a white label on myself. Yeah, big time, man. I mean, I get I was lucky enough to get a to get a copy. You know, I think somebody nicked it actually. <laughs> somebody did nick it no somebody did it was um, it was Enjoy Anthem mm-hmm. and the guy that used to do the Friday night in the Hacienda had it and I was like because I remember singing it in fucking Twitter and I like, oh, we don't know it don't know as you do like hey, you try. and I don't know it don't know it and then one of my mates was like he's got that tune he's playing that tune because we used to we used to go to the house on a Friday just go for a party you know or the crew um, and then one of the crew <laughs> to me. That's how I first go up. I was like, no, I can't take that. Put <laughs> that back. I did you get pit it? I know. <laughs> Enjoy anthem. I'm fucking having it. <laughs> but that was a white label he had. How yep. did he go to? I don't fucking know, but and back then weird. records oh. stayed in your bag a lot longer, didn't they? Because it was like and people would come yeah. to see you because you because of the records you had in your bag. Which is yeah. I don't think anybody so could th- fucking comprehend that now. It's the music's so throwaway now, so mm-hmm. throwaway. I mean, you can spend fucking one right in a tune, and it gets hammered for two weeks, and then they're on the next one because yep. there's that many, that many DJs and producers. And it's I'm not saying it's easy; it's just easier Aye. to produce now than what it was for us back in the day, you know. Yep. And 
we had less to um, look up to or look to or grab ideas for or find it technology-wise. Everybody's a fucking producer now. Do you know what I mean? There's right. so much stuff online. You know, even so many packs. Even on how to work gear, it was almost like it was a grapevine. It is all. I heard such and yeah. such is doing that. And this is how you do that. Actually, bizarrely, I'm going to say, I, I maybe be getting mixed up, but I'm sure it was you that fucking tell me how to normalise your samples on an S950. Because I actually never knew you a fucking, that you could, A, there was such thing as normalisation. Maybe I'm getting mixed up, but it was like, we mad things like that knew, and just in normalising your samples, made them sound fucking again, louder. That, but that was all word of mouth, wasn't it? That I, was, I, that's that was, what I'm saying, there yeah. wasn't an internet. It was like, hey, somebody said, how do you fucking blah, 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 or oh, do you know how to normalise? And you're what? You just fucking do this and this. Silly things like that. You know, that's how one, you got your information. One of my go-tos um, regularly was Andy Haldane for the, uh -huh. um, his studio. I was just like, dude, how do I do this? I've heard this in a tune. And I don't I, I don't know how to do it. And like, I do that, do that. I'm like, oh, cool. And that, that's how you learn, you know? Yep. I remember and working in Andy's studio and you had done, I don't even know what track it was, but you had had the Amen break on one of your tracks. And I was like, how the fuck do you do you know, with the cuts and the snare rolls? And he's like, I, I can't tell you, Mark, could kill me. And it was that, <laughs> you know, all of these, all of these secrets, everybody <laughs> kept it, you know, sounds on keyboards and that. I don't tell any yeah. you get a sound for And I remember it was, because <laughs> it, was, it was even with the snare chops and all that kind of stuff. I was like, fucking hell, man, that's amazing. How do you do that? And he's like, I can't tell you. That's, that's, that's probably, your remix, uh, probably your remix, probably your remix, probably your remix, I used that one. Uh, aye, the love, do you believe in love? love? Aye, no, but it was before that yeah. because you had. I think it was one All of your right. tracks, and you were using the Amen break, which to this day still I think fucking sounds that break alone. Just, but it was yeah, you chopped amazing. it all up and everything. I was going fucking hell, man. How did obviously now you know how to do? It, but at the time hearing it, and going how the fuck does he do that? It was brilliant, <laughs> man. <laughs> awesome. It was probably something you spent fucking ages chopping up and doing, but no, you could do it in about fucking five seconds. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's just, it is. It's just, everything's just easy. You know, I think, I don't think people so much like they need to cut their teeth, but I think we went through a lot as mm. early DJs and producers, you know, um, and I think modern DJs and producers don't go through anywhere near as much. You know, I just think it's just, it's all on a plate now. Aye. Even to the point of, we played fucking every toilet, every shite club gone, gone honing our trade. Yep. Whereas now they're straight in at a fucking festival or a half-decent club with a half-decent setup, They wouldn't know a fucking tough gig or a tough I mean, setup, yeah. maybe. And I think all that stuff we just helps make your character. Aye. Yeah. It, ma it, it makes your character, doesn't it? You know, like fucking that craft. Yeah, and then it's like, I can remember playing at Air in Birmingham and that was, that's one of the best setups ever, man. Like, just, it was just, it was just always amazing. You know, it was just easy, mm -hmm. you know, compared to some of the toilets where, like you say, some of the toilets were yep. played in with knee monitors and all that. And I remember doing a Cosmic Ballroom in Liverpool for Tony Chin. You know Tony Chin? Sure, it was no. Tony Chin. And so he got me doing, and it was near the hole where fucking, um, what's the fucking Liverpool show? The Cream? Holly Cream. and Phil Day or yesterday? Uh the I the Quadrant Park. The No. Uh, so no the you know the the water side, but anyway, the near there and the docks, aye. Well, I know, but it was a word for it. It's not just called the docks. Rang me. I'll get you doing the docks at midnight. But then I I, I did the cosmic boring for Tony Chin and second record then the headphone jack fell down in the mixer. 
Spark. And I did a whole hour, a whole hour set with the headphones. Maximum vinyl as well. How many? Uh, maximum vinyl. You think, fuck, they've got it so fucking easy now. And it was the, don't get me wrong, it was the, wasn't the perfect set, but it was the a bad set. Uh-huh. You know, I know it sounds as if I'm bigging myself up, but, you know, when you, when you know what you're doing and you've practiced long enough, when the shit hits the fan, you pull it out of the bag, you know? Mm-hmm. I think now when the shit hits the fan, everybody just panics. How do I stop my pre-mix mixtape? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the engineer? So, <laughs> get back to your sort of set. I mean, quite very early on, you were mere leaning towards the harder side. And then obviously, as you get into your career, it was always kind of mere... I don't want to say hardcore or whatever because there's so many genres within the harder yes. side of dance music but what what pulls you to that sound in particular? I think I just I just liked it you know I mean obviously the Scottish sound itself was banging do you know what I mean and you know when it, it I think when you get into something you I think coming from house to acid to European techno to piano it's always just got steadily Further, I mean, because I remember, I know I'm not going to mention any DJ's names, but there was a DJ kicking about sort of the same time as me, playing the same sort of music as me, and he kind of went that way, and I kind of went that way, and it's just, I think it's just what you do, you know. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I try to do a lot of stuff, not intentionally, excuse me, no intentionally try to do stuff that other people weren't doing, but I wanted to just do what I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just be the sheep and follow what everybody else is yeah. playing. You know, just I wanted to try and keep keep myself, give myself a bit of edge, just for me as well, just to kind of keep myself driving on and not just dwell in the same place. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember even doing a drum bass set at Res, one of the outdoor, one of the big reses. I was like, "Can I get two sets?" They were like, "Well, yeah." I was like, "I'm about to do a drum bass set." They're like, "Yeah, signed." And I remember I I get the the fucking shitty bus I made into Nicky Black Market and topped up my drum and bass collection to come back up and play the, a drum and bass set before my hardcore set it's just, I just like to can, can I try and keep it buried mm-hmm. you know did like you get a good buzz for doing that just like oh it was amazing man yeah because I, I loved that as well I mean I, I, a point in my career I think I was doing Carlton Studios and I was playing no, of Edge of Darkness and all that kind of stuff and I remember Bill, I think Bill even said to me at the time mm, you're going to have to you're going to have to wind it in a bit because you know, people are kind of starting to complain in a nice possible way. I was like, wait, this what I'm doing. It's what I want to do. So mm-hmm. people don't like it, they don't like it. I'm not doing it for people to like. I'm doing it because yep. it's what I like. And obviously that then went on again and it came back around full circle and I was like, huh? Aye. But then, <laughs> then, then remember as well, there was that time in Clubland when maybe along the times when you're saying a DJ it was similar kind of music news just went different ways. It was almost like a fucking a, a, a crossroads where it was like, you're going down the rave road or you're going down the house road and then all of a sudden yeah. there's this that, that's, 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 that, that's the exact point I'm talking about yeah it was like and I can remember being at the the metro and like they were on with me and like it was it was practically set for set do you know what I mean even mm-hmm. still some of my mixes but we won't go into that um, I get that a lot but <laughs> 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 I did back then <laughs> I, well, that's, that's my I, fucking I, intro you're using I, 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 that. <laughs> again that's that's coming for you probably fucking listening to your mixtapes and being inspired by what you're doing yeah, again, no, you're, know. No, you're no you're no fucking precious about it you're just moving on to the next mix where they're going how the fuck I want you a bit of that how do you do that but that I remember that um, that divide and it was a horrible feeling because it was almost like the the house crowd looked down on the sort of ravers and I just remember thinking 
you know, how, how fucking dare you? You know what I mean? We're all coming for the same, same kind of place. thing. And yeah. that love and yeah. togetherness is now getting broke up with pretentiousness and, and fucking high... And, and look where Expensive we are now. <laughs> 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 fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but there was definitely a crossing the road and it put a split in the scene. And then I would yeah. go as far to say, which is one of my questions, like towards the end of the 90s, there was almost this kind of, I, I felt anyway, it was like, where am I going with this? What's happening? Because the music that I'm loving nobody's fucking into it anymore everybody's maybe verging towards house and mm -hmm. there seem to be this big fucking super club resurgence and all of a sudden raves a dirty word and you're like what the fuck I want to do what I, what I like but you know yeah. where, where can I do that where did you find yourself when the big sort of switch happened I think I was, by that point I was I was doing quite a lot of work down in South so right. can I, by the time it kind of died a death in Scotland per se. I was already still, I'd already made a name for myself. I mean, I had to break England twice, to be honest. And I remember I'd made a name for myself in England because obviously coming from the Scottish name and got, got the inn and everybody liked it. And then I think the late 90s, early thousands, I died a death again. Uh -huh. And then by the time I came back, it was a whole new bunch of people. And I was, so I had to sort of re-break it and like carve my name in again. Like, oh, Mark Smith and I played in here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um but I was lucky enough that because I went to it's up in Scotland, I was already quite heavily active in England. So right. I just kind of moved. And I can remember being with my ex-wife. We moved to Cooper. Um, and I was like driving to England on a Thursday, coming back on like a Tuesday every weekend. Like I don't know how many years I did that for. That's just before they invented the cheap flights. You know what I mean? Aye. So just all we, your work we, was in England, basically? We, we were a roadmap, you know what I mean? Aye, aye. How, yeah, like driving. I can remember driving for Cooper to Hereford that took me eight and a half hours did an hour long set and then drove for eight and a half hours back just nuts but that's like um, that's where I was kind of lucky because I, I was already sort of my feet in the door in the English yep. scene so well that's good you're still keeping busy uh -huh. and then again is it, did you get to a point in your career because I think everybody that I've spoke to again it's like another crossroads you kind of feel like your time's up or you've had enough would you ever I've, nearly thrown I've, in the towel or anything like that. I've thought about throwing in the towel loads but no for the reason of I think I've had enough or mm -hmm. I'm too old for it it's more I like to call it politics not politics politics I think there's just so much and it, I know everybody says oh your scene's better and my scene's better but there's fucking shit in every fucking scene you know mm -hmm. I mean we get shit for the other scenes but there's shit going on and it's just I've just managed to manoeuvre myself through and head down, do what I do. But when you start to get caught up in that shit, mm -hmm. or people start to try to get into that shit, and I'm just like, I can't deal with this, man. It's like, I love my job, I love what I do. Don't make it hard work. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I want to go out and party, play my tunes, make people dance. Don't start dragging. And that's a few times I'm just like, I really can't be dealing with this anymore. It's no why I signed up to, to play music. You know, it's no why I get involved in music. I just mm -hmm. want to play music. And that's, well, I'd probably counting more than 10 hands the amount of times I went, do I really want to do this to be involved with these people anyway? Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really nice people in the scene, there's a lot of really great promoters, but in the flip of that, in any other scene as well, there's a lot of really idiot people in the rave scene, uh -huh. and there's a lot of really idiot promoters, and you know, you need to deal with that, or you need to follow up with that, or you need to manoeuvre that, and it's just like, again, it's all just, it's all just ego and fame, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just, just fucking eye, a wee speed bump with fucking banging heads with somebody or whatever yeah but what about 
you'll, you'll probably have seen, like you said, you broke the English scene twice. The resurgence of the old school thing about that. How did you feel when that first came about? And when did you, can you remember when the old, old school, school thing? In Scotland, you thought about? Ah, you were just for if it happened in England first or. Oh, no, no, see, I, I remember doing some old school like bouncy techno sets for HDID and uproar and stuff like that. But no, initially I liked it. I loved it, in fact, because it was getting to get back to you know marking a Scottish vibe. But then there was a time when I was just like getting a bit sick of this. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I'm not. No, I don't know if it was just a point in my life or other things going on. I don't know, but I was just like, good people. Are, oh, do you mind playing an old school set? And I'm like. Bah. There's so much amazing new music about. There's so many great artists writing so much good stuff. I do just let me do my thing. Like I'm playing new. For a bit. So what I used to do was start with a bit of old school and then just flow into the stuff that I'm now playing, and it always goes off. Do you know? What mm-hmm. I, mean? I don't mean because I'm playing. I just mean like the music's good and it always goes off. It's just a case of have a bit of that, have a bit of that. Now have a bit of this, and you can see. And no one goes, oh, it's no old school and leaves. You know, everybody yeah. likes it, um, and that's kind of started to kind of come good now you know but I do love old school man proper love old school and the thing is it's like it's hard as well because people will say I'll keep playing old school set and I'm like well I've sort of been DJing since 1987 so what are you classing as old school here uh, hi, what, know, what period what, 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 yeah we want a red set I'm like well okay well delete. you need to tell me that do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. if I went and come up with Rich in Paradise and uh, DJ H and Steffi and clear, clear the dance floor yeah yeah you know <laughs> I think um, the the initial, well, for me anyway, like I, I always, I, I never wanted to do old school because I never wanted to have that thing of looking backwards to go forwards. And then I think at the first, it was, must have been a Back to the Future or something like that. I, I, I ended up agreeing today. I was actually feeling sick to my stomach, going, am I doing the right thing? And then I did the gig and it was like fucking amazing. I was like, this is brilliant, man. And then you try and, was- and encompass everything into it. There was a point where I thought, well, what's the point? Do you know what what's I mean? What's the it's point like, of playing old stuff? Yeah, it's like, we've had that. It's been amazing. And we're not going to move forward by keep playing the same old stuff. But mm-hmm. then you've also got to realise that some people don't like the new stuff. Some people only like the old stuff. That, that was their time. That, that's when they had the most amount of fun. That's when their memories were made. So... In the nicest possible way, that's what they want to fucking listen to. So mm-hmm. you've, you've got to give them that, you know? But equally, all the old stuff, it's frightening how much that's inspiring all the new producers these days. You know, like even for like techno to, I would imagine, hardcore, they're being pulling influences from all the old stuff. You think, you think dance music in itself is just built on plagiarism, you know, like uh-huh. house pulled <laughs> influences from somewhere, do you know what I mean? And then uh-huh. techno pulled its influences, because that it's just it's just something else you can go, well, I like that, and it's quite popular, so I'm going to have a bit of that, and I'm going to add it to this, you know, that it's just built on plagiarism, dance music, it's, it's, it's just a big, a big beautiful lie. <laughs> 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 but it's amazing, do you know what I mean? And, and the it's music, a great the, lie. The, the, music, <laughs> the music that a lie creates is fucking astounding, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we're all part of that line. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> that is a fucking peach. That sums it right up, doesn't it? <laughs> but it is. It's just like everybody takes a bit of everything for everything, and, and somebody gives up this brand new sound. You're like, oh, it's not really a brand new sound. I, heard that. <laughs> well, that I heard, that, heard a bit of that melody and that sound for 15 years ago, but you've really made it work. Do you know what I mean? Well done. But don't say, oh, started a new thing. Well, no, dance music's no new. It's never going 
money been used? Mm-hmm. You know, everything that starts again, or like when Hardstyle started, it all comes for it all comes for something else that's already been done. Go mm-hmm. add a new sound. Not even just anything. Go add a new sound. Go change the kick. Go in a different direction. But it's all based on something that's already been done. You know, and that's what dance music, and that's why it's so good. You could probably argue that's music in general because even listen to bands, guitar bands, and have we pretty much done everything there is in music? We well, love what you're saying. We're just regurgitating and putting a twist on the same old ideas. Well, they say there's only like there's only even not even guitar bands, but there's only so many chords you can play. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there's so many so many configurations of the chords you can play, and then you're going to be playing them again. You know. Aye. There's a I think well, dance sure music is only one note. One note. But you know what? Some of the best stuff that I loved and some of the best stuff that I've written, it's been it's it wasn't it wasn't simple at the time. Mm-hmm. But you look back now and how you produce and how you've got all this stuff and all this equipment. But I, I've listened to some records recently. and I was like, fuck, that's one fucking sample that mm-hmm. I used in that. I've pitched it up, I've pitched it down, I've changed it to a different key and I've just went back to the sample again. But yeah. it fucking works. Do you know what I mean? And they always say in any dance music, well, anything simple is best. Do you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can overcomplicate things. Yep. But when you listen to, I listen to, I'm really guilty of listening to Radio 1 and people go, would you listen to Radio 1 for? But it's like, it kind of numbs me out and I listen to loads of the stuff on there and it's just the same repetitive awesomeness or nonsense but it works mm-hmm. you know it actually works and if you hear any tune enough you'll either begin to hate that tune or you begin to love that tune and that's why Radio One do all this like oh tune of the week bollocks and all that stuff today because um, just force feeding music doing people for them to like it and humans nature is just to go I like that tune mm-hmm because I've heard it so many times the, the melody sticks in their head they're singing the words or they're like I fucking hate that tune do you know what I mean turn that uh-huh. off but it's it's just that gamble how many people are going to like it how many people are going to not like it it is uh-huh. just repetitive and that's the thing I used to get called out for because I've wrote tunes that were like seven minutes long <laughs> and now I get told off for writing tunes that are like you can't do a five minute tune like, oh, how the fuck no Cause I, and again that's another thing I really dislike about the modern scene because it's sort of dictating to not just me individually but as a producer it's dictating well if I don't write it like this people only want to play it mm-hmm. because let's be honest in a nice possible way half the assholes won't be able to mix it because all they know is 16 bar drop boom and you know you can't have a long intro you can't have any funky drop um, I'm not saying I do it but certain tunes I have because I know well I really like this and I want somebody to play it but I know you won't play it unless it's got this kind of this kind of mm-hmm. intro or this kind of structure and that's what I really hate about how dance beat is you know, cause I, and the nice part I don't mind saying it but they fucked it they proper fucked it more too many constraints like as in yeah. Like aye, aye. yeah too many too many DJs who aren't necessarily DJs who can't necessarily mix who don't want the hassle of earning hundreds of thousands of pounds and being able to do like a fucking 64 bar intro and a mix mm-hmm. it's just like doom 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 and doom 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 and you know and, I, and, and I you're right that. it's more and more like that isn't it just bang bang drop it is it's like you watch some of these festivals and you watch some of the the biggest names I won't mention any names in particular but it's literally just mm bum mm bum mm bum and I'm like well cool you're playing the tunes you're getting a reaction but where's the DJ culture you know how much effort you put into this and you're commanding 
X amount of thousands of pounds yep. or X amount of hundreds of pounds. You're just like, well, it's just fucked up. But you know, find that and just a bit every sort of scene, I was going to say, I maybe every scene, you know, it's But probably, I don't care about every scene. I only I, care about earth scene. I, so <laughs> earth scene. But where, where I was going with that, Mark, is you were very much... I do, well, so, sorry, I interrupt you. I, I don't, you've, you, you've cut the forest down for other folk to walk through the path. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like that's what kind of happens. The guys at the front are the ones that's fucking try to make the path, and then everybody's like, "This is fucking easy." Because I'm just walking, <laughs> I'm just walking over the path. That you've made. <laughs> it's a nice analogy, man. I like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like if you, if you look at it with even like rock music and stuff like that. There's the guys that don't get any of the success or recognition that they deserve. But everybody else has jumped to the top of them like, ah, check me out. I did all this yeah. myself. No, you didn't, mate. All you yeah. did was fucking jump on the back of what that guy's fucking put his life on the line for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, man. But yeah, I still think it's... And it's it's not like um, a dwell on, oh, how good it used to be. Because it used to be amazing. But it's just, it's just... I guess it's different. And obviously I'm still involved and I'm still doing it and I'll still adapt as I always kind of have to try and do or like obviously personally adapt and change and move and but I still don't try and follow the necessary ways that people expect me to kind of move if you know what I mean. Still mm-hmm. trying to do the main thing and just adapt what is sort of happening now but change it to work for me. And within the realms of hardcore is there so many genres and sub-genres that are still exciting you? I love, excuse me. I love, I love, I love hardcore. I love, I even love hard trance. I love hardstyle. I love gaba, like about uh, rockcore. There's, yeah, there's like so much good music there, man. I mean, I'm could writing them. Uh, sorry, no, I was going to say, could you put your heart on one style, or are you just happy to just be? Yeah, I'd, I'd never, never put my heart on one style, man. Never, ever, ever, never, ever. Because I like everything. I like everything. It's the same. Even my whole career, it's just been I like everything. I would mm-hmm. say, oh, I love acid. Well, acid house was a big eye opener for me. That was just outstanding. Aye. But I think um, I like to take and enjoy and influences for as many. You know, even outside the scene, you know, to take a, a sample or an idea. For, and that's the reason why I listen to Radio One because I think something on Radio One. I'm like, that's that's awesome. That really works. I'm going to try and use that in a track. Not rip it off, but mm-hmm. I see I see what they've done. I see how they've worked it. I'm going to try and use that. You know, and even when I write my hardcore now, it's the same. I'm writing it for taking a bit of raw style, a bit of gabba, a bit of hard style, a little bit of cheesy melody, a little bit of trancey melody, and just mash it all together. And it's, I'm back to kind of like just try to chop everything up, you know, like keep it, just keep it moving. You know, keep, keep it, it fresh. Like, yeah, well, just like for a, a break, a drop, a different kick, a different layer, even a different kick right after that, a nice drum and bass drop, a side trance drop, a different kick again. Just keep it, keep the gears dropping. Do you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. keep dropping the gear, just lift it, lift it, lift it. That's what I try and do. I might not always um, manage it, but that's that's what I try and do. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I try my best. <laughs> 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 Sorry, it's, Dad. It's just about to cut out. I'll send you one more link and we'll wrap it up. But this has been mega, man. Just fucking shooting the breeze with you. No, it's been awesome, mate. I'm sorry it took so long, mate. It wasn't like I was avoiding you. And like I said to the other day, just busy, there's man. Load, loads of other people have said, oh, we do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, but I promised my one about 12 years ago. So let, <laughs> let, me, do, let, me, do, let me do his first. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, it's been good, man. And uh, we, we should do another one. For like, Aye. For like well, let me years. say, <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me, I think it's wicked how you're still as enthusiastic and still try to get the best out of all the genres and 
and sort of push forward. I'm kind of at a stage where I'm kind of happy with it and enjoying the old school scene again. But and and, and for me, like when I want to do new stuff, it's it's mere just a selfish indulgence. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Got not really. Pleasure. I I'm no. I don't feel like I'm. I'm 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 not chasing things anymore. I'm I'm just kind of happy to do like. You know, like, like you said earlier, acid house blew your mind. You know, it blew my mind, and like, I, I, I write acid house music, and I know nobody's playing it, or like five folk will play it, and it's not going to get me any gigs. But it's just like I fucking love doing it, man. Yeah, I would have loved to have made it and knew how to make it back then. Yeah, it was difficult back then. Jesus, I, you even trying to fucking know what the fucking machines were and everything, you're just a what? Yeah, um, I just, I, I mean, I still even try and encompass old school vibes and he. My current music, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably for the album. So, like at the moment, as I say I wanted to do a thirty years in the game album, and I've kind of know caught it in time. So I'm going to do a thirty. If I be even for that, it'll be sort of like my my first first club scene album, which was a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to have hard style on it. It's going to have bit of cheese. It's going to have gaba. It's going to have a bit of side trance, bit of drum and bass. You know what I mean? Just try, just encompass all the stuff that I like. I mean, mm-hmm. I know. As album sales might go, people are like, oh, what's your, what's your right now? I really like hardcore, but I'm, again, being not elitist, but selfish, I'm doing this album. Again, this is when I should be, well, part of the album will be old school, like all the, hopefully all the old school back catalogue, and then the new album will be just everything that I'm up to right now, you know? That's a wicked way of putting it all together. Because mm. then you've got your kind of, you know, history, history, and then yeah. all your new stuff we get it new, and I, and I think an artist album should be about everything because that is an artist album. It's not just a collection of fucking hits. It's yeah. like a, an artist album. You, you got your old school one, would be like say CD one or whatever, or CD two. Then you, your new stuff we get it new, and there's no point in doing it all the same. It's got to be mm-hmm. like a reflection of what you're into. Yeah. So definitely, man. So it's going to be a bit bit everything, but still working on that just now. I'll probably give it seven or eight tracks in the bag um, three or four projects kind of half done but again it's a time thing I'm, I'm muddled mm-hmm. like I don't get as much time to just sit in my studio excuse me as what I used to because life life kind of takes over sometimes uh-huh. you know what I mean and go to prioritise things and I was starting this album because I did the, the club scene album I don't even know when that came out to be honest I should have looked at that and then I did my Notorious by Nature album which was all the stuff that I was writing on my Tories label and some of the old school bits, earlier bits. This album again is going to be even older bits, like loads of my club scene bits, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Probably every track I've ever done. Wow. I'm looking at, and then obviously uh, an upfront new album or the stuff mm-hmm. that I'm doing now. I mean, people like it, people don't Almost like it. Like but an anthology type fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, but this is, this is me and this is what I do. And, if you like it, like it. You don't like it, you don't like it. But I'm no necessarily writing it for you or to make money. I'm writing it because it's what I want to do. You know, that, that's the attitude to take, man. And I totally agree with you. But, but I'm skint. I'm skint. <laughs> well, that's, that's the fucking balance. That's the rubbing it because then you could sit down and you go, right, I've got a fucking day in the studio. Here we go. And then the door chaps and the phone goes and real life goes, no, you're no. You're out yeah. here. And you're just like, fuck. It's, it's, yeah. just so, it's almost like time's even more scarce the older you get. Well, I think I think it's definitely a case of that because I can remember all I used to do was just sit in my studio for morning and night. That was all I did. I can remember when Bonkers started. I was doing like two or three tunes 
each album for them, different styles. And I, that was what I did. It was just like constant, constant, constant. And then, as time goes on, you know, constraints get put on you, life happens. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, because I did my, I, think it was, I, I want to say four years ago, it might even be longer than that, I did my Notorious by Nature album. And that album was meant to come, this new album was meant to come directly after that. We were four or five years later. I think it might even be seven years, something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, that's fucking seven. I remember looking at it, like, it's been seven fucking years since that album. Now you get my figure out. You know what I mean? But this doesn't happen. It can only happen when it's fucking happening, isn't it? I mean, you can, it'd be great to try and fucking just go, right, here's a month or whatever I'm sitting down and I'm doing this, but but that's that's not good for you either. I don't think because you know, if, if you back in the day, I, I don't mean I've, I had mere passion, but I was like everything was all happening, it was all good. I think sometimes you if you take a little bit of a step back, it's better for your productiveness. You know, it's better mm-hmm. for your creativity if you're trying if you're trying to hammer out ten tracks in a month or five tracks in a month. You're going to maybe get one good track, couple mm-hmm. of fillers, and the rest of them are going to be shit because you're not you're not putting your proper effort in it. I think sometimes you need to just because I'll I'll write a track. I'll get to near the end I'll take it I'll listen to the car I'll listen to the car again I'll listen to somewhere else I'll listen to a CD player and every time I listen to it I'll be like oh I need to, I need to try that but a bit like that and I end up getting back and that's I'm really pernickety man proper pernickety I can't just a track's never finished for me do you know what I mean even the I point is finished always go back to I, it, it yeah and it's just always the same and I'm so pernickety with well, obviously you know, fills and edits and all these things take time you know and it's like I don't always have the time just to sit down and do that. And you need to get a kind of a feeling. You kind of just go, oh, I'm going to do two hours in the studio tonight. Because by the time you get, the time you actually get going, you're like, oh, two hours, I don't need to go now. Mm-hmm. I've got stuff to do. Do you know what I mean? Right. You need to, you need that flow. Yeah. And then you need fucking nobody chatting the door or ringing, ringing your fucking phone. Yeah. With dad, some fucking, dad. I, 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 just light bulb. Well, it's, 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 it's hard to get the balance. I think I totally agree with you. But, I think it's great to know that you've got plans for this 35-year anniversary album. Well, well things, things are good. I mean, I've got the Bonkers show on the go to now, which is awesome. You know, cause the Bonkers thing that. is huge. You wouldn't have even spoke about that, man. Yeah, that's... that's um, obviously, that's back in the go. I've got a residency on the on the station to beat one of six. Again, that's another thing I struggle today. Talk about living life in the wild. Track to sort music for that. It's right up to the right up to the wild. Just, it's, again, it's just, I need to get this done, I need to get this done until I need to get it done and then I need to get it done, need to get it done and is that you know? again new music that you're finding for these shows or is it oh, yeah, a yeah. bit of both? New, well, a bit of both I've done some old school shows I've did um, I did a big old school show for the 90s fest thing I've done a couple of old school shows myself sometimes I'll feature a guest mix um, if I can pull one in there's going to be a couple featured from my event that I did in January the birthday another thing you've not mentioned thanks you're rubbish <laughs> but it's so hard to get it in. I mean there you go as we spoke about as being a promoter and all that your, your birthday stomps and stuff and how they ended up becoming almost a yearly thing just because of the success of them yeah it's an institution now man it's mental well I mean maybe I'll get an invite to one I mean, you never know you know oh you'll get an invite you might not be playing I've not be playing <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they've been running. They've been running since what 2011. Uh, I'll play. I'll play as as fast as I possibly can, Mark. I'll play at 140. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, it's not happening. No, but, but, to be honest, to be honest, mate, I think the only reason I've no picture because your fees way at the way at the park for me. <laughs> no, no, for you, man. Oh, I remember, remember that. Four, I remember four that. Grand between mates. <laughs> <laughs> I think mates rates cost and a, heli- and a helicopter. <laughs> 
Brilliant. No, but I mean that's that. Like I saying, that's becoming an institution, and that's something again. I don't know how you feel about promoting nights, but it's it's known till maybe like fucking right that the sounds working, the lights are working, everybody's here. Then you can relax, kind of thing. It's no like going to get when it's your I, end night. I relax and and the Sunday after when everyone's went up with it. All right, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's what I like. Because people are like, oh, you can let your hair down there, your night's on. I'm like, this, this, this doesn't work like that, man. And it's it's like three, four months solid promotion. Do you know what I mean? And it eats into your life. So obviously, when you're trying to do that, I mean, this, I never done a birthday stomp for the last three years because of COVID. So the first one was in 2011, and it was a one half event for my birthday party. I won't say an age. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm old as hell anyway, but yeah, old AF. Um, and it's just a one off party. Um, and it went amazingly well. And I was like, cool sound. And I was like, you need to do another one. I was like, well, no, just, it was just a birthday party. And then I was like, I said, you know what? I made it another one. And I was good mates with a guy that ran the club that I used at the time. He's like, you should do another one. I was like, all right, go on. And 11 years later, they're, they're still there, you know? And so, is that like just fans? I, I hate using the word fans, but people who are... What, right only fans? Because <laughs> <laughs> the night's made up with people... For pretty much all over the country that have just been following your career, or is it a kind of mixed bag? Or but I, surely I people know what they're getting themselves in for. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say all over the country. It's based. It's based. It was born in Bristol. It's, it stayed in Bristol for eleven years. It's um, people do come, but it's a lot of the Southwest crew, Wales, or that kind of crew. They a lot of them are the ones that used to come to the first ones, and I see the same faces every year. I see people that don't go, but that stops on. I see it at the stomp. You know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a party. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously it's a rave, but it's not a rave mentality. It's just a party. People come and meet and up with old friends and all that as well. I'd imagine. Uh, you know, one one of the MC said the other week. He says, "I couldn't walk three steps without seeing somebody that I knew." Do you know what I mean? He says, "Literally," and they stay for the whole night. I, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the acts that I book come for the part well even if it's like they'll come for an hour before they're set but they'll stay the rest of the night everybody mm-hmm. stays and that's the vibe it's just a really it's like a social do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but it's a rave it's really, I think that's why it's sort of successful it's no build as a rave it's build as a, a birthday storm mm-hmm. and everybody just comes and just has it goes off and I always keep it multi-genre both rooms so like keep everybody running about it's no like hardcore there and techno there or Gabba there or old school there it's just like you know it's hard style in that room it's cheese in that room then there's Gabba in that room there's breaks in that room so there's like there's always something for everybody you know that mm-hmm. keeps them moving a bit and one of the comments were like I nearly I nearly broke my legs running from room to room to room to room trying to see everybody I want because you don't want the same people just static in the same room listening to mm-hmm. the same music all night I, you know well that's that's my opinion because the early raves you look at the early resies not that you'd DJSS Jump Jack Frost Cal Cox Mrs Woods me you it was a complete plethora of uh, music mush, you mush. Know? and that's, that's another thing we should we should have hot on because there came a point where it became it's either this music there in that room uh, and it's that music there in that room and one of the one of the boys that went he was like oh, you should have just kept it hard in room to him like no because it's not for you Mm-hmm. It's for everybody, you know. I want people to experience them. Because I remember it used to be in Blue Mountain, which is the last club before that shut down. You had to get through room two to get to the smoking area. And I think this was like one of the kind of things that really helped at jail. So you'd go, where have you been lapping up for a fag? Caught in room two for three years, listening up there. Stuff that they would never, you know, get Gab- I've, I've watched Gabbaheads dancing. Stuff that they would listen to, aye. Gabba heads dancing the side, giving it, yay! Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. cheese heads rocking it to some rocker, and that's that's what I love about it. It's just kind of try to keep that different. You right. know what I mean? 
nothing, nothing wrong with like a house room or a, a hardcore room in the gab room. I get that because it caters for that individual, but that's no matter vibe. I like to kind of keep it different, you know. Just keep everybody on their toes. Yeah, big time. Oh, that's a great attitude, man. And and I guess that's what's kind of helping the the night be a success every year that you do it because yeah. people are enjoying that. Just enjoying the experience. I was, got, I was got to say, join the music. Obviously, I. But it's kind of like the surprise. I maybe I'm not really into that, but it fucking sounds brilliant, man. I'm surprised. I'm enjoying this. And... I wouldn't. I wouldn't have heard it if I was mm-hmm. in the other room. Aye. Do you know what I mean? That, that's my thing. And I don't book. I book big names, but I don't book big names because of, I book big names because of how they are. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I like them, and I, I say it's back to the old being kind of selfish. Well, if I like them, I'm sure you like them. Mm-hmm. No, everybody, no, everybody likes stuff. But again, it's just about people listening to stuff that they go. But you know what? I, I would need. I would never really normally dance to that or bounce to that. But I've been here for two years in that room, listening to stuff. I mean, I just had a free party hard transit that went off. I had a hard style set that went off. I had Sai going off. I had Racy and Shocker going off. You know, it was just it, again, it's just it's just fun. So I try and make it it's fun. And I think everybody, maybe, everybody likes fun. Uh, everybody now have fun. <laughs> but you know, hey, it's 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 that it's maybe that um, thing that we spoke about back in the past, which is probably lost now, is the the ravers' trust in the DJ and the DJ's taste. That's kind of gone now because yeah, it's almost too. like this is what the punter's gone. This is what I'm into, and if you're not playing that, you can fuck off. Whereas back in the day, it was like. I don't really know what this guy's going to play, but I'm going to trust him to play music that I might... And take me on that journey. Aye, take me on that journey. And that's maybe missing now, Mark. Yeah. Because folk are brought up with, that's my genre, I can't go with fucking two centimetres either way out it, or I'm fucked. No, I can't deal with that. No, I'm not going there. This is what I'm playing. You know, Mm. that's one of my petties. All these cunts are like, aye, Hard House, that's all I've ever played three weeks later I uh, side trance that's all I've ever played for back in the day that's a month later I fucking I hardcore mate that's all I've played since back in the day you know these guys that just tie themselves to a pole yeah. the genre until it sinks rather than yeah. just going fuck it I'm into everything man yeah big time man I mean I think another not, sorry carry on no you're right sorry um, another thing to touch on and it's no disrespect to you was MCs mm-hmm. like back in the day I never, I never had MCs but MCs were like you know none it was just the music. And again, I, it's a crowd. I'm not a fan music. of MCs, to be fair. You know, I've it's never cr- really been. It's a crowd that just trusted in you, dropped a tune. Just yep. I think nowadays, and it's no disrespect to the, the people that go to raves, but people now need to be, it's been so force-fed for so many years and so many genres. People need to be told, you need to make some noise now. Do you know what I mean? Before it, <laughs> time to make Bro, some noise. Like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Come but, on, put your hands in the air. Come on, come on. Do you want to make some noise now? <laughs> but it's like before it was just a drop or just a kick. And it do you know happened what I mean? organically. And it, it just like whoa, yep, that, was, yep. that was it. Yep. New crowds are kind of like oh, I can't like this. Make some noise. Oh, you know, and like it left. I want to put my hands them. in the air, but the guys don't tell me to do it yet. <laughs> no, it's like nothing against MCs and some of the MCs that. I know all the best MCs in the whole planet. It's no, but I just I never came for that yep. era. You know, I just came for just music. Being Paul MC, he did a bit of MCing, but it was only you know blah 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 chat chat done. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like on the mic all night. It yep. was the music, and it was just like blah blah blah. I wasn't even talking about the music. Or it was, I don't even remember what Paul used to say, but it was little and not very often. 
Right, well, that's, no. that's my kind of, if I was to go, I mean, I, for me, it's, it's about the music first, then what the DJ is bringing to the selection of tunes. And then if there is, or there needs to be an MC there, it needs to be an, an MC that has respect for the DJ and the it's music that he's playing. It's, it's a, a host. host. Yeah, like, that's it. An, an intro, a midsection, an end things, it's more than enough. It's the ones that think the, that hour is all about them. When they're missing I mean, the point here, say, it's, no. I've got nothing against MCs, and I'm not trying to diss MCs, and I'm not trying to say MCs. It's nothing. It's, I'm just because there will be people who love an MC and a, and a DJ. Yeah, I get that. But I'm just coming for where I've just say I'm not trying to disrespect because I, I love all the MCs, but it's just where I came from. It's how I've progressed. I mean, even Joe Deacon. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Well, he's he's a little bit here. He just, He's got that char- charisma, and it? it's just yeah, it's just Joe, it's fucking Joe Deacon, man. It's amazing. But as I say, it's just but that's that's the nature of the reason. It's what's sort of needed. Mm-hmm. It's not the MC's fault. I don't know why it's sort of changed, but it is what it is, and we just mm-hmm. need to kind of get on with it. Why? I think that's just a balance, isn't it? It's just trying mm-hmm. to get the balance. And again, and moving on where you're to now, you just kind of wrap it up to where you're at the now. You, you try know, to shut me up now. Is that what you're saying? You try to shut me up. Is it cause I'm for Glasgow? Yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't. You're, 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 you're 35 anniversary. You're working on that album. You're still pushing new music. You're still dipping your toe in and playing like your classic old school sets and stuff like that. Where, where? Two questions. Where do you see things going? And also, is there any kind of young up and coming artists that you you think maybe people should keep an eye out for? I think I sort of put him on the spot now, so I don't want to mention someone or mention And then you forget so. somebody, I know, yeah. but just in case somebody... I, 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 I don't know if I, I did a disclaimer at the beginning, but that's what I say, I've, 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 my memory's bad, and if I don't say somebody or I, I conclude somebody, I don't mean it, I just, I'm old. Um, no, I, I mean, there's, I don't know where it's going. Um, hopefully it gets a bit more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Natural again. Do you know what I mean? In what sense? Musically and DJ culture, there's nothing, I don't think it's very natural mm-hmm. anymore, right? It's just, it's all just a big matter of fact. You know what I mean? And I just think things need to kind of mix up a bit. I mean, that's just probably my own personal wish. Jake, you know, too money driven in there? Big time, yeah, mm-hmm. big time. I mean, there's people, there's people out there that have coin and fortunes. I wouldn't say they're not talented, but you know, there was a whole bought likes and all that carry on back oh, in the yeah. day. They made, that's how they made their name. They like they bought likes and everybody thought. And the thing is, you're looking at it and go, "Wow, he's got so many plays and wow, he's got that amount of followers." They're like, yeah, but he's probably back in the day. He's probably paid for ninety percent of them. Mm-hmm. And now they're huge. And that if that works for them, then that works for them. But I think these folk don't have integrity because what they do is they just see it as that's what you do to market yourself when. You and I you would know, I couldn't look at myself in a fucking mirror if I bought myself a beatport number one or 50,000 likes from my Facebook page. I, I just hate the fact that, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to say, I'm going to have to no say it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's it's just not the same, is it? I know that it should be the same, but it's just not the same. 
there's, and there's a lot very... of big, big A-list DJs again. I don't really, I, I kind of do why I mention names, but guys who are, I've I've grew up listening to, and and I guess I'm a fan of their music. And then you turned. Well, let me just stop you there. And then you found it. They don't write their own stuff. It's ghostwritten for them. <laughs> no, well, there's that as well. That that really gets my back up. But the other one is they're talking about keeping underground and they're getting 60 grand, 80 grand for a fucking old set. And you're like, what the, f- what fucking planet are you on? Well, that's what I was going to say. Nobody, nobody, and it's the same, I think it's the same across every scene. Certainly, certainly the same for the hardcore scene, but I think it's, no one's interested in the long haul of the big picture. All they care about is, what can I get for me right now? Right now. You know, if I can, like, people charging ridiculous I mean, don't get me wrong, there's the, there's the adage of, well, if I can get it, why should I not get it? Which again is fair, but I don't think anybody anybody sees the big picture. The, the longevity in the scene, I don't think anybody looks at that. They're just like, well, now this is just the industry and the digital age. Everybody wants everything just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they want it, they want it now, throw it away, it's done now, cheers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what we used to have in our scene, which is lost as a fact that everybody was just, you know, just wanting to keep it moving. Yep. keep it interesting keep being involved in it no it's just like yeah I just get paid X amount for doing that it's fucking shit but then matter. I hate that man but then again to be devil's advocate what a fucking amazing time to be a young guy and getting into DJing and music production because everything is so easy to fucking do you know, know it is with, within fucking if you've got the money to buy a laptop you can kickstart your production and DJ career you can get, right after fucking programs now. You can get programs now that write records for you. Aye, there you go. <laughs> Do you know aye. what I mean? It's like, I, what the fu- I wish I had that. Aye. Well, there, you, there you go. Imagine we had all that shit back. Imagine I was fucking, that's one of the ones you're stoned and all that. You go, see if you could write, get into the future. Do you get, right, get, get stoned, eh? <laughs> well, folks, help me about it, right? Then you go back and you have all that amazing Ask, Asking for a mate. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to like, the 90s or 80s with all this amazing fucking production stuff. And then write music releases. Really oh. Probably thought that sounds shite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the compressors are fucking fantastic. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even know what a compressor is. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, everything's just really throwaway. Like I said, it's just everything's there for you. It's easy, you know. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, and we're going to have to deal with what we deal with. But I mean, uh-huh. like, yeah, either, yeah, either step up or fuck off don't you ah, that's that true, really man. you know do you see yourself do you see yourself is there an age where you go right I'm up or are you just going to go to your drop I don't know I've always said I've always said don't need to fucking drag me out you know and at the moment, at the moment it's kind of looking that way <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and some people I said I can't do it forever I'm just like well I can do it for as long as I fucking right. want as long as people want to come and watch me slag the fucking wrinkly old guy with the grey hair and fucking on the stage but enjoy my music I'll, I'll gladly do it you know mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's guys probably, older than us still kicking about and doing a, doing a gig every other weekend, you know? So somebody older than you? But I'm well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I want to go, oh, I've got to keep, I keep got to say something, you lose and my up to you. Yeah. Um, what's I going to say? Well, oh, I can't remember. Oh, come back to me because I've remembered it three times you've cut me out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> It's about me. It's bugging, it's bugging me. <laughs> it's all about me. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marcia. <laughs> right, we've just done two hours. It's now five hours about you. Sweet. <laughs> Sounds about right. You tune in this podcast. It'll just be my new album playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's brilliant. 
I'm still annoyed, but I was going to say it's fucking bugging me. Not to worry. Oh, that's a shame, man. Sorry for asking. Sorry, that's all right, mate. You or sorry, you're asking lots of questions. It's all good. That's that's your purpose. Uh, even <laughs> I came out. I came away for these things. Go. Oh, fucking should ask this. Should ask that. I I used to try and ask about music and stuff like that. But like you're saying, a lot of football. Like, I just fucking don't want to pin it on one track, or you know, then try to find the tracks to play and stuff. So I just keep it a a chat, and I think that's that's better when it's just the two shooting the shit, having a laugh, but actually think, talking about I, what happened. I think if anybody can pin one tune out of 35 years, then they're full of shite. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, I just, I, 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 like, there's so many, like, you've got all these genres, all these decades. I don't think yeah. you can go, that's, you know, to say but, Papa New Guinea for me was just a tune that I absolutely loved and it will always stick me, but I can't even say it was my favourite tune because uh-huh. there were so many favourite tunes. So but, many. It was like yesterday, I think it was, when we were talking and we were talking about you doing an OTC, an open to close set. Here and we I go, he's like, fine, and you no, get but, in no, somewhere. I was, but what I was getting with that is, what I was getting with that is, when I said to you, I said, well, look, see the stuff you're playing the new. There's an hour, so you've really only got four hours to think about. And you went, oh, aye, because it's only four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, trying to help you. And you're like, because it's only four hours, isn't it? And how the fuck you meant to just go, give me four hours of fucking music that I want to play? And I was like, I've enough, aye. It's not just, I'm trying to make it easier that it's fucking making it worse. No, it doesn't work. No, doing it. <laughs> I, well, I, I know. I noticed. Uh, I never. I never not replied to you in public. I was in my bed last night when I, I saw the message. I was like, "Here we go, it's an OTC stuff." Okay. Oh, <laughs> but um, I'll definitely. I'll definitely. I guarantee. I'll give you my guarantee that I'll definitely do it. But I can't pin myself to any particular date just yet because I've got uh-huh. other projects in the going, like digging out. As I say, it's not like. Like I told you, it's not that I've been a total nerd and I've digitalised all my back catalogue for 35 years, right. put them all in categories, decades, genres, do you know what I mean? They're fucking all over the place. But you would love um, to have that on a fucking hard drive, wouldn't yes, you? Definitely, That'd be incredible. Yeah. I wish you could, like, cause somebody even said to me before that um, they knew a guy that I could pay to catalogue all my stuff and record it. And I said, like, yeah, but he'd fucking need to live in my house for about five years. Right. And I guarantee <laughs> you know I mean? a fortune as well, wouldn't it be cheap? Yeah, I mean, I was I've been going to sell these records about three or four times, and I keep saying, uh, nah. I mean, I missed the first time when when people started selling tunes away. It was like crazy, crazy money. I'm like, nah, no selling them. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should have sold them. But everybody says, nah, don't do it, don't do it, don't nah, do don't. it, don't do it. But I've moved to so many times, and moving these records, excuse me, on their own is like a fucking house flat just itself, uh-huh. you know, and. Um, and I'm just like, nah, I'm just dragging him about. And I don't, it's not like I, I sit, I would even go, I know, I'm going to have a spin of the vinyl. Yeah. I've not got fucking time for it. And I know I've got some fucking beasts in there, man, you know? No some doubt. Beasts. But I know half of them would be wrecked, because these are these, a lot of these are records that I used to drag to the, the house and the, the sleeve, because I'm trying to get tunes on so quick and try to, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's five hours of that. So I know a lot of them are not going to be the best night. But I've also got stuff that I bought, um, spent 250 quid on a weekend at 23rd Precinct probably played about 50 quid worth of them do you know what I mean mm-hmm. never going to play another 200 quid worth that are still on the sleeve never been played do wow. you know what I mean so it's how many would you say you've got in your collection uh, I don't know it's hard to, I don't know it's hard to tell I've got that bay one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. so there's 25 bays there I don't even know what you see each bay holds. I don't know 200, 300 I don't know and I've got what one, two, three, four. 12 bays there so it's like 25 35 37 bays plus 
all my old record boxes in the cupboard. So there's about four or five record boxes in the cupboard and a big pile on the side of my wall. I've never got rid of nothing. I've kept ever since I started DJing. I've never. They're never part of you. They're, they're, they're fucking the furniture of your life. But then I think, God forbid, say I die tomorrow. Hopefully I won't. Right, somebody just horses him in the fucking skip. I'm like, so what, what's going to happen to them? Do you know? I'm like, I'll sleeve them my daughter's you buy them. Fucking want them. Do you know what I mean? She's not going to be asked trying to sell them. I, I don't it's know. Like, you never know. They mean that much to you. I don't think somebody would just horse them. Yeah, but you need a room in your house to keep them. Aye, I know. <laughs> I can remember when I moved to Bristol, right? The, um, I moved for a flat in the waterfront, and then I moved to, up to uh, Bedminster, and it was like a a sort of townhouse, but it wasn't that much storage. My records were literally stacked four high right along the big long hall as you came in, because I didn't even mm-hmm. put them. Do you know what I mean? It was like, on the flat, with a bit of wood on them, on the flat, with a bit of wood, on the flat, with a bit of wood. And they were there for about three years. Just like you, it's just, it's, do you need a room? I, know. I mean, this is the first time in a week I've been able to get everything in because in my last house, and I, the last house I had my studio up, but that was it. And then I eventually get my records in. But they were somewhere else. I think I'd stored them somewhere else. I had to get, I had to get them into that. But this is the first room I've had in a while that I can fit everything in, all my tunes in. Ah, you've got one, one place. Aye. But it's in a, even, there's, there's still so much in the cupboard that I can't bring out and stick in this place. I've no taking up too much room I'm not going to be able to move it would be an amazing trip down memory lane if you did have the time and just fucking pulp shit out just to go see well I, do you know what Joey Joey came up with he wanted to do a, a thing on his um, his Twitch I can't remember what he was calling it like banger or clanger or something like that he wanted to do and we were just going to and I was going I should have said to you earlier because I was going to say just pick a number and I'll pick something out and put it on and see what it is but I'm not prepared for that now so we can't do that in this time and a half all right well what about that for a cool way wrapped up just the ones be- behind you just pull out one for middle would, middle and just I, so that, I think probably that one would be better but I'll pull it out for you hang on just go middle middle and see where it takes you but a white label and fucking nobody will know where it is <laughs> I'm pulling it to That's just another label, Citadel of Chaos, which is a fucking tune. There you go. I mean, even for sampling, Mark, going through your tunes, man, you'd be fucking Sample Paradise. Yeah, well, I used to be Sample Paradise. That's what I used to love, man. I just loved, like, getting the vinyl on and just recording that in a 950. That whole vibe is just a buzz, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You get in, you chop it up, you take Aye. it, make it fit. It's just like, that's that's what I used to love. You know, it's just like, point, click, point, click, point, click. I know. You know? Again, it's another thing. It's no, it's no that you don't need to have talent to do the point and click because you still need talent, but it just becomes your point and I kind of get sidetracked with the digital stuff. I don't like it because you're literally just point and click, point and click, point and click. There's no kind of hands on stuff, you know, tweaking the desk and yep. like, you know, hands turning on. the filters up. Yeah, it's just well, I mean, but, I, I think it, you'd be. You'd, you'd get a great vibe even for your 35th album if you go to your Insonic up and just try 35th album I'm not, I'm not writing no, 35 albums anniversary <laughs> sorry album but you know to, to try and do put say go I'm going to do one track at least on this and just see what it comes out with because I, I mean I, I done that and I get such a it was, it was a pain in the ass mm-hmm. getting all the stuff and hooking it up again doing it all the old school way but at the end of it I'm so glad I did it and I think you know, I'd love to fucking hear what you come up with if you just fired up the fucking Insonic again and smashed out a sample heavy track because you'd fucking, you'd probably end up getting a vibe man and doing more than one. 
Well, I'll probably have to move my records at the room and then I can get the keyboard set up. Right. I'd rather get it in the 950. I'd rather get that out. I mean, that's that's hoping it would still work, but I want to get that out. I've got a purpose built desk, but I've not yet rigged it up so I can get the the U or the, the Akai in, but that, that's the next plan when mm-hmm. I get the time. I know. <laughs> Wherever <everything> else. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest enemy of the new time. But we'll, yeah. we'll, wrap, we'll wrap up there. What about websites? Socials where folk can grab you. Everybody probably knows, but if you just want to shout any out, I, d- I don't have any websites. One thing I've never had is a website. Do you believe that? Um, wow. but socials, it's just um, DJ Matt Smith um, and DJ Matt Smith Official or Insta, and that, that's pretty much it. But make nope. sure when you add, it's the real DJ Matt Smith and not the fake DJ Matt Smith. Is there a couple of DJ Matt Smiths? There's a, there's, a, there's a DJ Matt Smith who um, I was living in Cooper at the time, and he. I saw his name. I was like, "Dude, no being funny, but you might what you think about changing your name." Why? I was like, "Well, because I've been. I think at that point, I'd been maybe twenty years in or something." I was like, "So I've been kind of, you know, been an artist under this name for the last twenty. Be nice at first." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, no, it's my name." I was like, "I know. I, I get. I get what you're saying, but um, maybe you should think about it." Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not changing it. So I was like, "Cool, I'll see you in court." So I went and copyrighted the name DJ Mark Smith, Mark Smith, registered trademarked it. But I never actually did it in weeks. I sort of shortly moved house after that, and then recently one of my website, uh, my emails expired, which is DJMarkSmith.com. Even though I don't have a website, I still had yep. the the addresses for them. And then guess who got it? That boy snaffled up. I. Yeah, so I went straight on to find it. My, I was like, my thing had expired. I was like, fuck, so I was back on. So I've recopyrighted and re-registered um, the name and I just need to get a cease and desist. But it's all drama that I really don't need. Again, it's time, Mark, isn't it? You could be fucking but I know, I know, I know people. I know people are on his page that think they're me or people go, I heard that house mix did tonight. I was like, what's the fucking me? <laughs> you know what I mean? MARC people, as well. Aye. Right. And some some people are like, oh, why are you bothering? But if I was like, it bugs me to think somebody's actually Shoot writing his page and think it's me. Do you know what I mean? Not that he's, he's a bad DJ or bad music or anything like that. You know, I don't I don't really think he does house or I don't know, but no this in that sense. But I just it, it's no me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye. Uh-huh. So well, make sure with the ad it's it's the DJ Matt Smith or uh, DJ Matt Smith for the blue tech anyway. Add that one. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a blue tack you must be real <laughs> happy days well listen mate it's been an absolute fucking pleasure no, it's chatting been, to it's been you good crack man it's been good crack and you've not actually spoken about 1994 you know you managed to fit that in yeah. oh my uh, god what sure. shit well I'm so glad I've got you back doing it because the last time I think you did do like Rich and Parody and even surprised me for how far back you started and all that uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to your set this time you know just okay. I just like fucking I'm like a just a fucking pig and shit of these nights because I like to hear when DJs just do that wee bit of digging and fucking take everybody by surprise because I'm one of them just you mm-hmm. know fucking hell I'm sure it was I'm sure it was the last one you started with Rich in Paradise or something and I just it was like a curveball right out of fucking I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember like generally it's just a set it's a set and there's so many sets because uh-huh. you'll get people that say oh what was, what was that set, third tune you played I've like get any idea mate I didn't even know what I had for dinner on Tuesday it was just Aye. up there and that's what I mean by music being so throwaway because years ago if somebody said what was that third tune you would have went oh it's Rich in Paradise I remember the cover it was a mm-hmm. you know what I mean but you don't get that because it's just a it's just a turn and click innit Aye. so what are you expecting you want me to play this time then I just want you to play an old school set that you feel that you need to play you know 
I'm not saying we're doing rich in paradise or whatever, but just I might, I might be in a, I might be in an old school country western vibe. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might feel yeah. I need to play that. Yeah, I might feel like definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, oh, good man. I'm looking forward to being back. It's been when was the last up? I, I, 1994 yeah, I think it's probably about, four years ago five years ago I think it's probably about 1994 it was last time playing <laughs> <I wonder. laughs> sort it out it's, it's, it's time innit everything's time everything's fucking just try to everything that you want to do just try to squeeze everything in fucking yeah. you know uh, there's guys who are want to book as well and it's just like how the fuck do you do it because uh, there's only just, so many well, just, I was just going to say one thing just remember I did this fucking podcast yeah <laughs> Well, A, you'll not let it lie, right? You've been reminding me all the time. But I'm, I'm so glad that you I'm like, did it. And, and, and I do and I did know I annoy people by asking me to do it because it's because I know it's going to be a great listen for people listening, you fans and people who are genuinely interested in electronic dance music and where where your origins were to where you are now. Even people who aren't even fans of Matt Smith are a fan of your journey. And obviously fans are fucking made up by hearing your journey. I just think it's such a great thing to document. Uh, but I need, I need to be annoyed anyway, mate. So you did the right thing by just badger, 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 Aye. badger. Took you like... to the deadline. I was like, mate, you need to for this gig. Sorry, I'll sort it out. I've got a tax stunt today, but I will do it. <laughs> and we we'll go there, finally. Uh, yeah. And we'll do it again at some point. It's been a good chat, man. Aye. It's been a good chat. It's, it's, just, it's just fucking great listening to... To, to your story and, and it's something that I really enjoy then you know just talking to guys that I know and finding out what, what made them tick you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like a fucking I don't know almost like a hobby for me you know because like, I genuinely do enjoy them mm-hmm. you know it's, but I, like, when you do listen to it it will be one of my albums playing <laughs> <laughs> standard <laughs> well, if you would like to book Malarkey Lee <laughs> again standard <laughs> big green neon lights <laughs> just, 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 just go to my link tree <laughs> if you look at the video you'll just be like the wee screen like that and I'll just be the big one <laughs> all fucking airbrushed and everything <laughs> I thought there was there a video I thought it was just talk nah, I'll, I'll just use the audio but to be fair the video's there but I would never put a video out unless you went I stick that out or whatever but it's really just the audio and, and I don't like to chop it I just have it as the conversation is how we had yeah, it yeah it's the best way to do it aye so it just flows but anyway Naturally, mate I'll let, I'll let you go and, and thanks once again Mark and no I'll look forward to pleasure, seeing mate. you I look forward to seeing you I'll get, I'll get on to spamming your event I was going to do it tonight but again it's too late so I'll get on to it tomorrow I was making it down to Sharky's this weekend but that's he's caught Covid bless him so I'm going to be about this weekend so I'll get on the spam right so you carry on <laughs> right I'll bid you adieu right. I'll go and get my right. dinner Big love, dude. Take care. Thanks, man. Cheers, guys. See you, Matt. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Facebook, DJ Malorka Lee. I've been up for four days. I don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Oh, wow. This stuff's incredible. Excellent. Podcast.